But you could call me the can man, because anybody can get it. Unbelievable! Dana! 60 G's, baby! Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler! Welcome to the 64th edition of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron. Today I'm joined by Troy Weaver, Alex Jones and uh, Tom Kennett will be joining us eventually. It says he's stuck in traffic, but I'm a little sceptical. Um, very hot in here today, so uh, we'll see how this goes. Could be cooking by the end of it. How's uh, trading, Alex? I, uh, you look quite flustered. Yeah, it was pretty uh, first race week of the year this week. Just like did the last session at Counts yesterday, which absolutely broke me, so got caught out a bit by the heat. So, yeah, it's going well. Good weekend for us, Troy. Uh, finally picked up some away points. Yeah, Ven- gonna, Venga's gonna, finally gone. I think we're our first three points away from home in the league, which is, uh, which is pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. now he's gone. Now we have to look forward to Arteta coming in, which seems to be... looking more and more likely, yeah. isn't it? Unfortunately. Kind um, of final point, though. We spoke about the dodgy Harry Kane goal. That actually cost me my fantasy league. I lost by two points and I didn't have Kane in my team and Sean did. That dodgy goal has cost me... Wait, hold on. It actually got awarded to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah it got awarded retrospectively. Oh my yeah. God. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, he didn't get the goal and beat anyway, so... No. I'm it kind cost of... me the fantasy league. I'm going to come out with... Another kind of... year of no trophy for Harry Kane. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm going to come out with something controversial. I think that like, I lost a bit of respect for him trying to claim that. Well, he said he was quite emotionally broken down by uh, the abuse he got after that. Pochettino said that oh, he thought he was bang out of order the way people are treating him. What did he expect? God, he's... Well, he said it. I thought he was better than that. Too, if he, uh, he should try being Wayne Rooney's shoes for a year. So that's a vegan subject. I didn't do one last week. I'll admit uh, the sun got to me. Sunstroke after being in the sun for about an hour. Wasn't in a good way. But means we do have more to talk about this week. We uh, we had some UFC on Saturday night, so if we kind of do a bit of a backtrack to what we've missed the last couple of weeks since we've done um, some MMA talk, Troy. Um, so I guess the first place to start, and it seems strange that we haven't spoken about it in that long, is um, Justin Gaethje's uh, fighting style. So I mean, uh, balls to the wind fighting. Yeah, so yeah. he's. Lost two in a row now for the well, he's lost his first two fights of his career, putting it all on the line. Take about three shots to land one of his own, and I guess the question is, is he going to change his fighting style? Does he need to change his fighting style? Well, it's an interesting one because when you look at someone like Gaethje, you think um, he was a, a title holder in the division he came from, wasn't it? Is it yeah. WSOF yeah. or something like that? Um, and came in, you know, off with some, with a bit of a hype behind him. But it's turned out that really it seems like what Gaethje is used best for in the UFC is the headline guy against someone and just, you know, it doesn't really matter if he's going to win or not. Just It kind of puts bums on seats, which 
we're seeing more and more now in the UFC means the most, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think he's an exciting fighter. And I don't, I think coming off of two losses is ne- not necessarily going to tarnish him in any way. And I still think he'll probably headline again the next time he fights. So yeah, I'm not too sure. Strange one. Yeah, I mean, we had Michael Johnson on here literally straight after his loss to Gaethje. And I spoke to him a bit and I said, does Gaethje literally prove that there is a way to lose in the UFC in that you don't really lose any stock if you lose a fight like that? Well, I always used to think that that's what made uh, MMA different from boxing was that, and I've spoke about this before on the podcast, about the, the, you know, a loss doesn't necessarily sting momentum in the same way that it can in boxing. And uh, I think we've seen it when, you know, the more fights you watch, the more you see that anyone can eat can sort of beat anyone on their day. So, yeah, it is interesting. I mean, he, he said in the press conference after, I mean, after a fight like that, to still go and do the press conference after is a little odd usually. But he says that he only has five fights left, which is quite crazy considering how early he is in his career. Mm. Considering he does have the wrestling credentials as well. Um, he clearly that's the way he wants to fight. And he said uh, he has five fights left and you're going to want to get a ticket to see him while he's still around. They had um, Michael Chandler, um, uh, ex-Bellator champion on Rogan's podcast, and he was talking about it. And he said he sees some glimpses of what he used to feel like. And he said it's almost like Gaethje is very insecure about his own talents and he doesn't really have the self-worth for his own credentials in that he does this because he feels it's the only way he can win. Right. And so he feels like, put it all on the line. Obviously, he does enjoy it as well. You see he's smiling whilst... Almost as if, like, then we, then we can come away from it feeling like, well, maybe we haven't seen the best of Gaethje, yeah. you know? And then if that's how he wants us to keep it in his mind, then maybe that's, yeah, best for him type thing. Well, they said, I mean, during uh, the fight that he lost, they said, when you kind of rock a BJJ guy, they go for the takedown. When you rock a wrestler, then they go straight for the double leg or whatever. You you rock Gaethje and he was calling him on. Like, saying it's, yeah, it's cool <laughs> time. Yeah. yeah. So no, it is, it is a strange one, but I personally don't think he'll change. I think Trevor Whitman is good enough for coach. You see that with uh, just Rose in that he's going to enhance your styles to the best he can. And Gaethje, the, the, the thing I worry about with him, and if he is going to stick with his style, I hope he does go for the five fights, mm. is that I don't want to see him be a guy that is just going to go in there to a lesser extent, no, well, like Diego Sanchez now who's going in there just to put someone over, take a loss. Yeah. They're kind of doing the same with um, like Clay Guida, though he's found some form. Um, who was it? James Vick. Just uh, James Vick just beat... I can't think of who it was. Um, but no, there's there's plenty of pe- there's plenty of examples in the UFC for people who are just going to take the loss. And I think sometimes that's when the mindset has to be looked at as well, of the fighters and, and uh, also maybe taking care of the the health of their, you know, their mental being, etc. Because a lot of these fighters have took big shots and big fights that they've been in. And uh, I, I'd be interested to know what sort of tests they do have to go through to be medically classed fit. I know physically they have to go through, you know, vigorous tests. I'd just be interested to know what sort of brain tests, if you will, yeah. they have to kind of go through with some of these guys. I mean, it drew a bit of attention to it, the fact that Kevin Lee managed to go for all the UFC medicals and then fight with a staff infection. So yeah. that kind of shows you that maybe it's not as vigorous as you'd expect. Um, the next thing to kind of go on to then is, um, it's now being confirmed that Nick Newell will fight on the UFC's Contender Series, which is starts it? yeah, it starts again 
in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, for those that don't know, Nick Newell, he's um, a congenital amputee. He's born without the lower portion of his left arm. Um, he's got a record of 14, 1 and 1. And it seemed... Or Gaethje, haven't we? Yeah, that's his only loss is to Gaethje. Yeah. Dana seemed very hesitant about putting him in there before. But for me, I, he's happy to be on the contender series. I think it's a bit of a mockery when you look Same. at some of the people that go in with lesser records. Yeah. But I... Uh, I just hope they don't make him a gimmick and they do it just as any other fight. I think maybe that's their reasoning for putting him through the contender series so it isn't seemed more as a gimmick. If they put him on a fight night sort of undercard and put him up against someone who has a weak record, then that's the straight away. That's the thing we're going to jump for, isn't it? Whereas if he's if he's put in the contender series against somebody who's you know, probably done a bit of travelling as well, and who knows? We'll see. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. He's definitely got the skills to fight in the UFC, anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's coming from the world um, series of fighting like Gaethje. Um, if you go down his record, he's got wins by KO, rear naked choke, guillotine, armbar, and decision. And he was born as an amputee, so it's not like he's had no. to adjust to it throughout his life. And um, I, I was watching an interview with him, and he said that he wanted to quit after his first day of wrestling. Um, but his mum wouldn't let him and he actually went on to be one of the better wrestlers that um, in the college he was at and he's one of those who kind of says he puts his mind to it he used to room with um, Curtis Hawkins he's now in the WWE and he said what they used to do is they used to watch uh, Monday Night Raw and straight yeah. after that they had the Ultimate Fighter Okay. and so Curtis Hawkins would want to go on and be in WWE and he'd want to go in and be in the UFC yeah. so he said it's built on that way but no I, I hope he wins I, I think I can see on the UFC's side that they don't want to see him get like a brutal knockout and it look like they fed a lamb kind of like to the slaughter. Yeah, I get that, yeah. But um, strangely enough, actually, one of my brother's older brother's friends uh, has the exact same thing he has. Uh, and he was always really good at pool and basketball. I just remember that. Like, it, it always shocked me how, as a child, obviously you, you're unaware to the thing. So it always kind of stunned me that he was able to actually do everything I could do as well, pretty, pretty adequately. So yeah, I don't know. Best not to write him off too quick, anyway. Yeah, I agree. Next thing to get onto then. So your man Yair Rodriguez um, been cut by the UFC. Um, Dana White's quoted as saying, "The guy's off a year, rejects a fight with Lamas, and doesn't want to fight a guy below him in the rankings, which is as a beat. Uh, he can go somewhere else. We have no use for him. He calls that fight against Magomed fake news. This is real news." So, I mean, I think we both agreed. We've spoken a bit, um, just texted each other the last few days that we disagree with Dana's decision. Um, it seems, I mean, me personally, if you're going to maintain that throughout the organisation, then I'm more than happy with it. Because yeah, you're like, going to get the fights. If it, if it was a situation of where, yeah, that, he, that was their, you know... Um, status quo within the game that that's what they do if you do reject fights etc but we know that for i mean dana white's not recently not long been quoted with saying we offer nate diaz a fight every every month pretty much and he turns them down no it's not a case of i don't know it's really strange i um uh what's uh brendan Schaub? he yeah. seemed to hit the nail on the head was the best sort of summary i seen of it pretty much saying you know you've got a guy all this talent star talent as well, bilingual, um, etc, etc, and you just seem like you're just ready to just chuck him away. It just seems a bit bizarre, doesn't it? And it's it's really it's really crap that the UFC seems to be getting these 
these seem, these things just seem to happen more and more. We've had the Connor incident not too long ago. We've got the Aya Rodriguez incident now. There's just all, there's what we're going and soon, well, I'm sure we'll get onto it, the Mackenzie Dern situation where she comes in nearly 10 pounds overweight. And if that was any other fighter, then they wouldn't be able to fight like this. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's starting to go strange ways. Yeah, I mean, you said Diaz. I mean, Dana came out and said, said about uh, Demetrius Johnson refusing the TJ Dillashaw fight. Yeah. Um, Cyborg refusing the Amanda Nunes fight. Um, Tyron Woodley refusing to fight, which is why they've put the interim belt in there. So there's plenty of examples. I mean, I can kind of get it a bit more if you're the champ. I can kind of understand a bit more. But even, even so, someone like Yaya Rodriguez, to be going into fighting someone like Zabit, who admittedly is below him in the rankings, but the rankings aren't yeah. skill-related, etc. You know what I mean? So I I don't think that would be a great fight for him. So, yeah. No. Um, so, I mean, I agree with you there. If we go on to then, as you said, we go on to Mackenzie Dern, and we've got one more to get on to after that. Um, so she was uh, slated to face Amanda Cooper at uh, UFC 224 this weekend just past. Um, she came in seven pounds overweight. Um, didn't attempt to reweigh in. She's given all the excuses under the sun, but at the end of the day, it's about a case of being professional. Um, so I mean, she's mainly put it down to her diet, as hasn't she? Yeah, she said, she said she, she's got it last time fine, but this time round failed, and she's gonna uh, work hard with the UFC Institute uh, Performance Institution. So. We'll see what happens. I mean, you can't. We can't write a person off after making one mistake. We're all human, but hopefully she gets her head down. And I think you said it as well on Twitter that we can't really count that one as a win. We let's just forget that happened. Move on to the next one for her. I think. I mean, she's kind of said herself as well that um, she doesn't enjoy training. She kind of trains when she wants to. She missed her flight to come out to Brazil. Um, she was asked to leave. Um, uh, the MMA lab because uh, she wasn't committed to training as often as the coaches there wanted her to. Yeah. So I think this, unless she sorts her ideas out, this is yeah. going to be a case of um, a fall waiting to happen. I mean, it's quite clear she's not ready for the top names uh, in any of the women's divisions, but I think it was a case of her BJJ skills are so highly touted that the UFC were just going to get there before Bellator did. So that's why that's happening. But no, I agree. Maybe some rules should be put in place if you're over a certain amount, or even if you miss weight at all. Then, but there's talks of her um, being forced to fight a flyweight yeah. in her next fight anyway. So we'll see if that happens or not. I'm not sure. I mean, I think she's too. I, I initially was shocked when I thought when I when I heard she was fighting in straw weight anyway. To me, I could see her in bantam weight even, but I don't know. Maybe she don't want to. As Joey Diaz said, he she don't want to sacrifice that junk up in the trunk. So yeah, I mean she she's missed weight for forty percent of her fights now. Yeah, so it's not like a one-time thing the UFC are trying to kind of tout it to be. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I mean, just finally then, uh, again with the UFC this weekend, uh, Raquel Pennington faced Amanda Nunes in the main event. Uh, after four rounds, she's been quite comprehensively beaten. I don't know if you've um, seen the entire fight, but literally. Two seconds into the fight, she got caught with a leg kick where she literally couldn't put any weight on that leg anymore. So it the looked leg kicks were brutal. Yeah, she. My my, uh, I was watching it. Um, after after becoming a daddy, I I, I struggled to stay up and watch the pay per views <laughs> as they happen. So most of the time, I set the recording and I watch them first thing in the morning on a Sunday. We get up nice and early, about six in the morning, just me and the boy, and we slap them on and we watch the fights back. And my mother was leaving the house just as um just as that fight was taking place and she's 
obviously not an expert on MMA. And uh, she said to me, how is that lady going to go out and go to the shops now? People are just going to think her husband's been beating her up. And it was that bad, wasn't it? It She was battered and bruised, and let alone her legs, like you just yeah, said. Yeah, I mean, she was on the defensive, I think. I mean, they said she'd been out for nearly two years. That division is just a mess. Holly Holmes, the number one contender, who's fighting up a weight and has, has won one fight since she beat Rousey. Um, for the women's division, I had an argument with someone over it. I'm defending the women's divisions, etc. But at the minute, they do some 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 of these divisions. They do need either rethinking or tightening up slightly on who's in and who's not. Because yeah. having a load of four four and fours fight each other isn't necessarily entertainment that I want to see on my main card of a pay per view. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, so going into the fifth and final round, um, her nose was broken in the fourth, it looked like. And she turned to her cornerman and said, um, I'm done, I want to be done, indicating she wanted to be pulled from the fight. And Yeah, that was her way of saying that. Yeah. She's not going to say, I quit. No. Get me out of here. And she's not going to tell the ref, like people are saying, no. she wants the corner to do her a favour, basically. Yeah, yeah. And her corner yeah. have gone, no, 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 you can see it out. You can hurt tomorrow, you'll recover tomorrow. And essentially not pulled her out. I mean, she can be honest, she could have pulled herself out, but she's never going to do that. Um, she was kind of looking for them to do her a favour. Yeah, yeah. So they haven't. And I, uh, John Anik said at the time, no matter what happens here, this is going to be a talking point tomorrow well, morning. They get out of that. Well, the thing is, they still get paid a, a win bonus, don't they? They get paid a flat rate and they get paid more for winning. So that's one way that people have said is why it happens. Um, Tisha Torres has come out and said... Yeah, but they, surely they knew in their head that she wasn't going to win. Yeah. I'm just wondering why they're thinking to themselves. Like, if if they said they get a bonus for, uh, you know, stay in the fight, yeah. the, you know, going the full five, then maybe I'd kind of understand where they were coming from. But I'm just trying to get the angle of the coaches on that. And I, I really... You, your coaches are meant to have your best interests yeah. and the ones that are meant to be looking out for you. It's strange. Yeah, I mean... Uh... It was interesting as well that Teacher Torres has come out and said that her and Raquel both completely agree with the decision in that uh, she would have never forgiven herself if she didn't go out for that fifth round. Right. Misha Tate has said that the coaches did the right thing and allowed her to lose honourably. I know Brendan Shaw was saying the coaches know best, but I think as soon as a fighter says that, it's all well and good what they say tomorrow, but their head clearly isn't in the fight anymore. Exactly. And a fighter that's, that's alarm bells. You're not going to win that fight then, are no, you? No, I mean a fighter in survival mode is actually more dangerous than a fighter that isn't because they're willing to just get out of there, uh-huh. and so they're going to try and just last. And Maybe so we just cover up, so like, yeah. like she did to be fair. Yeah, end. yeah, because her nose didn't it like popped? It like popped as soon as push push came out, and there was that big smear on the canvas. It looked like a blood clot. I was, I was yeah. I wasn't sure whether it was a blood clot or a gum shield, but it yeah, she wasn't in a great way. <laughs> no, I mean, I I would have preferred to see as soon as they said it. I would have rather seen. Her get pulled out, but obviously not. She seems in good enough spirits. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, following on from there. But no, I definitely say for the future, if uh, Cornerman says, I mean, in, in MMA, they, they don't seem to throw the towel like they do in boxing. I, I think that's because the sport's still young in its days and we've yet to see the full uh, damage of what MMA can do. Uh, 20 years' time, maybe we might see that. Um, we might see a few, you know, ex-pros that have got Parkinson's, etc., and certain things, because obviously the tests are com- inclusive with boxing gloves, aren't they? That's why they use the smaller ounce gloves, etc. But 
I don't know. It's yeah, it's a strange one. And where where do you think um where do you think Nunes goes from here? Is it is it inevitable cyborg or what what happens? I think they might try and make the Ketlin Vieira fight. She's just beat Katzengano. She has beat Juliana Pena if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So I think she's the clear one. Or unless they might get Juliana Pena, she wins another fight. Um, just in terms of uh, throwing the towel in, I watched a documentary a while back about the origins of MMA, and when it first started, um, the referee wasn't allowed to stop the fight. Only the corner could stop the fight, and the fighters before would instruct the corners to not stop the fight, and so they would literally be taking blows unconscious until the corner would literally just... Feel, they have to yeah. do it, yeah. So, no. But no, I, I think it'll be Ketlin Vieira or they might try and make the Cyborg one which I don't really have too much interest I don't really have any interest in Cyborg I'll be honest but yeah. we'll, we'll see how it goes Alright everyone can stop worrying TK has finally made it to join us fresh out of the traffic as he, uh, as he called it This is authentic now Make sure you get that mic in front of you I've already, had, I've, I've already had a little word of Alex about that been here long enough, and he still doesn't put the mic in front of him when he wants to talk. He's a pig. All right, so um, Premier League season has ended finally. Probably the worst Premier League season in history, in He's terms of, in terms of entertainment. It's been one clear winner the whole time. I don't know the first half. Well, actually, sorry, the first half, and then probably first half City was still unbeaten. Yeah, no, no, no. First, first half up to the mid. Those Arsenal fan TV videos were the highlight of the week. Chelsea, Chelsea fan TV is where it's at next season. Unless we appoint Arteta, which me and Troy did have a little uh, chat about before you got here, TK. I'm so happy they got battered at the weekend. Ew, Arsenal. Chelsea. Oh, okay. Chelsea. Um, so if we do a little uh, Premier League roundup before we move on to uh, the World Cup, as we've been doing with our World Cup breakdown series. If you haven't heard, start listening. Um Probably a fairly simple one to start with, unless someone's trying to be controversial here. So, who's everyone's player of the season? I'll let you go first, TK. Right. The obvious one, well, for me to pick, and obviously the one who did get player of the year, Salah, obviously. Um, if you're looking for something a little bit more left field, the man who gets all the attention at City, particularly first half of the year, was De Bruyne. From what I've seen as well, I thought Silver has been just as important to them over the course of the season in terms of the impact he's had as they're the team that cleaned up and won 100 points. Yeah. If you're all the best player on that team, then you're always in for a fair shout. Yeah, I think Salah's a pretty... Uh, I struggle to see how anyone could pick anyone other than Salah. You're being a bit of a hipster if you're kind of going against it, isn't it? By AJ's smile. <laughs> I just wanted to say something. Way, way left Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> no, no, there's nothing. You can't see past Salah. To be honest, he's blown us all away. Broke the record. Easy choice. So is that fair to say Salah would probably be signing of the season as well? 100% easy choice. I was trying to think of like someone who, who I could put in that was like... It's like it's, he's got kind of represents value for money as well. It's not even like... Pierre, I, I think you could like because they bought so many. You could argue that a lot of the city signings could potentially, you know, make signing of the year. But, but the signings they signed haven't really been the ones that have made the difference. Mm, that's true. It's true. Aubameyang isn't actually that bad of a shout when you. He's, I'm yeah, sorry. Didn't play his first game till February the second. Only fifteen players in the league have scored more goals than him. He's at double digits already. Ten goals, eight assists. Not bad. No, not a bad second half of the season. No, but you didn't play a game till February 1st. Yeah, 
No. That's what I mean. But obviously, he's, no, he's not signing off the if season. Of course, but... of a season. Yeah. He might do. I can't, I can't wait for next year. Almost double the money of Salah as well. Yeah. That's the other thing to take into consideration. They, well, they saw us coming. <laughs> <laughs> they knew they had you. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of one of the ones for, like the boys down the bottom to help keep them up, but like people like obviously Zaha basically is the reason Palace are sort of yeah. So no, there isn't really anyone. There wasn't like a fresh signing that sort of kept someone up really. No. Um, what about flop of the season, Alexis Sanchez? No, <laughs> I'm gonna go straight in with um, Avramata. Fair enough. I think Sanchez with, with all with all due respect to Andy Carroll, Peter Crouch, and Ashley Barnes, when they're when they're each being touted as your replacement after four months after signing for sixty six million, you know it's gone wrong. Yeah, you, you know fair it's point. gone wrong. That's fair. Sanchez has been bad since he did go over. Yeah, he hasn't looked good. He hasn't really looked the same I mean, player. Poor claim of the season has been Mikitarian saying I wasn't a part of the Sanchez deal. He insists he was no part of it. <laughs> I think Sanchez did start to pick it up towards the end, though. He had a good performance against City. Mm-hmm. Um, like, So you could argue that he did perform at some crucial moments. Um, I think... Lukaku had quite a good season in, when you... When you break it down. Yeah. Yeah. A, a signing which you forget about, who literally has done nothing for us all season, is Fernando Llorente as well. Like Literally, we've bought him for nothing at all. I thought we'd wait a couple of seasons like people have done with Lamella and still don't criticise him. Ross Barkley? Yeah, on? he's only we, started two games. We're going to send the Lost and Found thing out for him? Well, I was there for uh, his first game that he came on for Chelsea. He was in the League Cup semi-final where Conte said after, he said, when I'm relying on players like Ross Barkley, then I don't expect the team to do very well. Wow, savage. I don't remember him saying Yeah, he did. That. I he don't said, remember him saying that. Yeah, he did. I remember, <laughs> I literally saw it. Was, I, know, I know it's quite clear he's not his signing. Because, yeah, that's he's what he was saying. He's a classic case yeah. of... He kind of backtracked after him and was like, for that particular position. But yeah. it was kind of like the Kanye West thing. Once you've put that quote out there, that is quote there, is out there. Yeah. Do you think, because um, obviously he was linked with Tottenham as well, do you think it was a big mistake of him going to Chelsea over Tottenham? Well, I don't see where he'd be doing what he'd be doing at be Chelsea. Bench, suppose, but at least he, he probably would have some contribution. But well, do you not think the. Looking back, maybe he should have just stayed. Maybe he just, just doesn't like. Well, it's because he's getting paid more now to not play, so it's like. Does he yeah. actually care about football? Do you think he's one of them who has had the money and he's kind of like. Maybe he's come a bit disillusioned. Maybe, I think, I'm sure at one point he did, but. I, I think he does care. I, I think I think he is a young lad who wants to play football, but I think the injury setbacks have really got to him. Um, just not being able to hit a solid, consistent stride is yeah. probably really yeah, you can look away. At, you can look at other players who suffered bad injuries. Ox isn't going to be the same when he comes back from his injury. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Don't say such things. <laughs> Have you seen the news that came out today? He actually done more. He's done more than one injury. He did one of his ligaments actually come off the bone. Oh. I don't think he's going to play again until 2019. Oh Christ! Yeah, that for makes... a player whose kind of athletic ability is so important as well. That's not great. No. It's a nice guy as well. Shame. Yeah, he is what? a nice he does seem like a nice guy. Good guy in the dressing room. The um the other thing with Barkley is well, he hasn't really even established a position yet. Kind of like is he a number ten? Is he gonna play deeper? It's what well, yeah, I kinda of see him as a number ten, but I'm I'd... not too sure where he sees himself as. And how often do teams play like an actual number ten? Too so, so many times teams are sort of a four three three or five three two now is players like him you've kind of got a 
learn a position whereby you can put in a bit more of a shift as well as do the glamorous stuff as well. I just had to check to see if it was this year or the last year Mustafi signed for us. I mean, if you ever wonder why I suddenly have so many grey hairs coming through, it's because we've now had two years of Mustafi. Is it two years of uh, Musa Sissoko at Spurs as well? He is. <laughs> he's actually. I mean, I can't say I'm watching Spurs 90 minutes every single week, but is he that bad or is he just. He is that bad. <laughs> that bad. I literally, even when. Even when it's everything's going in our favour in the match, his final ball doesn't exist. He loses the ball just constant. He's just awful. We just said about Barkley, and you, I mean, you could say that I am harsher on Arsenal players, but it's because it's a bit closer. Do you think Sissoko is a case of someone trying too hard? I think it's more a case of someone who got lucky in the World Cup with a bit of momentum and then got. When he first signed for Newcastle, though, uh, he had that season where he was really good, and um, I mean, particularly against Chelsea. But then he had a lot of French players around him, so he, I'm guessing he was enjoying his time there. He I don't was there think with Ben Arthur, Tovan, all that lot. I think he lacks a strong ability to adapt. I think he's a player he's quite easy to work out fairly quickly. Then defenders will get a lock on him, know what he can do, and he doesn't have the ability to change. Um, you would think with the amount of bad performances that he's put in for Spurs this season when he has come on or when he's started, you'd think that he would try and change something, do something a little bit differently, but every single time it's the same thing over and over again. I'm pretty sure he's put, done the same... <laughs> I don't even get me started on his finishing, actually. <laughs> the amount of open goal opportunities he's missed this season. Oh, yeah, he's just a stressful player to watch. How does Lamella get away with this at Spurs? I mean, he, I say this after he just scored two goals in a game, but... He works hard. <laughs> Come on. For the money, what, £30 million they spent on him at the time. Yeah. And, then, and he's got off very lightly. That goal, though. Oh, he's got a Rabona, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> he does fall into the category of a lot of Spurs fans that watch him more regularly do kind of... Yeah. I'm not going to say swear by him, but do... He's probably worth... Probably a bit more than you might think. I feel like the same about Monreal. Not thirty million they paid at the time. Yeah, it's probably fair. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, what we bought him for, he never became. And I think he shows moments of flair and he shows moments of ability, but I don't think we're ever going to see a string of consistency from him. He seems like a right prick as well. Yeah, he does. You also can't. I've also seen a familiar trend whereby they're saying that oh, thirty million isn't a lot now, but you kind of got to treat it as what it was then rather than what it is now. Because yeah. 35 million for Salah at one point would have broke the world record. It doesn't mean now it's not a bargain. Do you know what I mean? He came on in the Arsenal game where we beat Spurs earlier in the season and was giving Wilshire the chin up at the end of the game. (laughs) I'm not sure you realise how this works. There was two blokes who I'd love to see just punch each other at the same time and see what happens. And I quite like Wilshire as well. I think Wilshire would be nasty, wouldn't he? he? Yeah, I don't think Lamella would walk away from that one, to be fair. Anyone who has that kind of haircut, I'm not backing when it comes down to the nitty gritty. Looks a bit like Langston. (laughs) <laughs> People just say that like Gaza, Jordi Shaw. Alright, so um, your favourite moment of the season. Alex actually said, confessed earlier he couldn't, he didn't have a good moment, which may sum up uh, being a Spurs fan. <laughs> but for for me, uh, finding out how Wenger was going, that is my favourite moment of the season. I was lost for words, Jesus. quite literally. <laughs> you pig. Look at our season. Mercy Arson. Look at our season. <laughs> I'll say about this. <laughs> I keep seeing the stuff. Arsenal but, now. Before, it, before you say it, I've also the constant thing I've seen is basically what you're about to say. Basically, to everything saying that you're about to criticise, I've also seen your response. But carry on. Yeah, 
people are saying I saw one earlier because there was a little banner. I I think the whole banner playing thing is stupid anyway. But a banner went over the stadium yesterday saying uh, thanks Arsene for the memories or something. And uh, people are oh so so long ago there was a Wenger out one. It's like you can want him to leave, but at the same time be appreciative for what he's done. Yeah, I think I think it was more the nature of how some fans were saying he should leave is what did it. Yeah, that will happen think, though when you, someone's there that long. No, yeah, but I think if you're going out and saying how much you respect him, and there's also a strange sort of thing of saying how everyone should respect him as well. well some, some. Then I think maybe you should have shown more respect. In some the first fans. Place are a lot worse. Some fans, I do agree, is ridiculous now for them to be doing it, but mo- the majority of fans have been just saying, I respect the man, but he's not the man to be at the club anymore. Yeah. It's, there's some people saying he's like Mugabe, some are saying they, they, <laughs> they yeah, want to Yeah, some people him, comparing yeah. to Mugabe. Saying he's stepping gonna, down they want to kill him and all stuff like this. And the other thing is, it's maybe just unfortunate of social media as, as it is, but you could literally end up on someone's Twitter page where one day before they were slagging him yeah. horribly and then next it was Mercy Arson, thanks for everything, you're a great ambassador. Did you see his blah, quote blah, blah, blah. after the game yesterday? He said, um, I wish at the start of the season I told you I was leaving every week. He said people have been so nice to me since I was leaving. He said <laughs> I should have just said this two years ago. At least he's shown a bit of a sense of humour. He said I should maybe make him realise He <laughs> said um he said I can't wait till the new managers come in. I can sit at the top of the ground saying I want him out <laughs> That's good on this part. I like that. He does. Like he, he does seem like a, a good blow. Just he always seems like a weight's been lifted as well. In fairness, yeah. Saying it, so. I am um, obviously big night the other night with Eurovision. Um, the, Why the, were you watching that? I wasn't watching it. <laughs> I was. Tell I, me you're on the Eurovision drinking game. I hate those things every year. People say stuff like watch Friends and do it every time a certain character says one word. It's like, no one actually does this. Surely no one is sitting down before they go out, put an episode of Friends, and going, "Here we go." Then. No, it was um, obviously the British. The British act um, got uh, stage um, the mic stolen from her on stage, and uh, I saw the original video. Not thirty seconds after watching the original video, this is probably minutes after it broke on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. There was a video edited, and it was basically they somehow managed to manipulate it, saying the guy ran on with the mic and go and bang her out. So was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss this. I am gonna miss those. They are gonna. Well, I hope was, they carry on with the banners. Well, they were, well if they get Arteta, they might. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, I did see someone say, you, you don't need to change as many letters for um, Arteta and Wenger in there. you got a couple of ones that you can match up, so... Christ, if that actually happens, I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> that would be so classic. I saw someone put an article up earlier, reasons why Arsene Wenger is the best choice for Arsenal. <laughs> follow, follow Pep around for two years, never been a manager, has a load of mates Arteta, at the club. Yeah, yeah that's not... No. Um. All right. Uh, did you have a moment of the season? Um, presumably we've got to keep it Premier League. Yeah, yeah probably when we were Dick in City. Yeah, just because at that point they were undefeated, it was obviously our defence against their attack. You're thinking, oh god, could have been your worst moment of the season. Yeah. straight after, and then at one point we were looking like turning them over, and then obviously, like you said, yeah, creep back into it. But the fact that we were able to hold on probably means I can look back on it and yeah. think that. <laughs> All right, Alex, do you have a moment before we move on? If you had to twist my arm, one moment that does stick out for me, bizarrely, and I can't believe the word coming out of my mouth, was the second United City derby. Um, that that, like, it was a good game, a really good game. It was sort of like I wrote off at half-time. So I was like, I'll keep it on yeah, and just you know, keep chugging away. And then it just obviously all changed. And it was really good. And it was good to see. It was good to see City get beaten like that, just to open it up that little bit. 
and that was like one of those ones where I know you messaged on our thing and and I felt the same where you were just sort of like wow this is just an incredible game yeah you like we hate you know as much as anyone but you did just have to kind of sit back and think that was yeah. like incredible that's kind of what I think when I see kind of like some sort of bitterness on Twitter particularly like we live for in the Champions League for example or other things that go on I kind of think like you are kind of missing a good game here by doing that I'm quite surprised how. I little feelings I have towards the Champions League final. Like if you told me two years ago, Liverpool are going to be in the Champions League final, <laughs> I would have been campaigning for people to come and watch it just to enjoy the moment. It's not really going to feel. I mean, I think I could get caught up when watching it in wanting them to win, which is very surprising. But I think it's more from not being at school and not having the constant. Like, I mean, you now if I have any real back and forth football at work, that none of them really follow football too much, or if they do, it's, yeah. it's literally just a walking past in the morning. Go, hey, you see what happened to them last night? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that because I remember when obviously Liverpool did the famous uh, AC Milan turnover. That I was like super hyped for that. Like I really enjoyed watching that, and I was excited before. Um, yeah, yeah. That was that that was the same season that it was. Um, they're not Chelsea out with the the goal that supposedly <laughs> didn't cross goal. the line. Yeah, that was that was also good because obviously it was nice to see my brother's team get knocked out <laughs> you, and the smile, smile wiped from his face. You also have been through every one of the top four teams, though, so you could have been a Liverpool fan at that point. <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse was me? it Spurs, United? How dare you? How dare you? I will admit, I will admit, as a kid, I was a big fan of David Beckham. We're talking not even in double digits age yet. My brother had the Mohican when yeah. he was younger. Yeah, if he's listening, I'm going to call my brother out on this as well because he was not a Chelsea fan. He was a Michael Owen, and he was a Liverpool boy. Uh, my my uh, my brother actually on um, our door, well, our door, his bedroom door had a um, life size Michael Owen sticker of him in an England shirt, like fully on the door, like full size of him running with the ball. Wow! <laughs> so nowadays, if you went up the stairs and saw that, honestly, there's actually still marks on the door. The power Beckham had in those days. He could have had like a swastika put in his head <laughs> and all the kids would have gone around for it. You know what? I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember um, when he first got the deal with... He had Predators, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and there was a pair of those and they were horrendous. Um, they were kind of like, not a standard white, but like a glossy white with this um, like black weird shapes on the side of it. And I actually... <laughs> I actually got them as my pair of trainers purely because you didn't really see anything wrong with them because Beckham had them. Off. Um, if we go on, goal of the season has a bit less of an impact when you can't really show the goal at the time, but yeah. for me, um, my goal of the season was Valencia against Everton. Okay. Where the ball comes out and he just wallops it right into the top. I'm going to agree with you on that one. That was I saw that one and yeah. that was absolutely brilliant. It was one of those ones where you were watching it in the room and you go, "Oh my yeah. god!" And then like your dad comes in or whoever isn't watching it comes into the room and you rewind it. Yeah, that's definitely my. That and season. Daniels against City was the uh, was the other one that if I had to narrow it down to two. I think there's so many there. So I didn't realize how many good ones there were till I watched a compilation earlier. That one Yama one That's against us was one absolutely fronker. <laughs> I completely forgot about that one. Um, I don't think it was that good, but it's worth a mention. Rooney's from his own half. I disagree with that one. It's literally an open goal. I think it was more. I think it was more of a. It was to finish his hat trick, which was more. Of he the didn't bigger. take a touch either, did he? Hit it no, on. He just hit it yeah. first time. The, the technique with which he hit it was real nice. It wasn't just like a hope, hit and hope from the middle of the uh, from the middle of the pitch. 
It wasn't as good as the Suarez or Beckham ones, though. Well, Rooney's done it twice. No. Yeah. Um, I, was, I still have another one in my head, but it's, oh, do you, on match a day, give it to Vardy. The one over his shoulder, uh, Mara sits for minutes and a half goes over his shoulder. Yeah, no, that no, I think that's my goal of the season. Yeah, Suarez scored a similar one, didn't he? Against was it Norwich? Who he used to just bag against every single time, and he had yeah. the one over his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, just the technique for the Vardy one. Yeah, going away from goal, left foot, like you said, over his shoulder, so he can't look at the goal. Or in the ball, yeah, in just... case anyone, I don't know how you could say it was, but it's you see him literally look up over his shoulder and then time it on the way down. Yeah. There was another one, the Chelsea one against, I'm not, can't tell you it was against, maybe in West Brom, but there's a back heel, back heel, and Williams fronted it, but I thought the keeper should have done better, which kind of put it off a bit for me. Yeah. The Valencia Everton was still my favourite, but I, yeah, until I watched them all back, I'd forgotten how many good goals well, there yeah, were. Yeah, it's unbelievable, yeah. really, because let's, let's face it, Salah scored a couple of, like, peaks yeah. as well, so, and he's not even going in there. Uh, just finally, then, uh, manager of the season. Now this is a genuinely like good competitive award. I think in terms, of, I think you can make a good case for a few. It's rare. Normally you've got kind of one, maybe two that are clearly the sort of standouts. Yeah, I've now I've narrowed it down to three in mine. I've got Pep, Rafa, and Deitch as the three. Yeah, Rafa, I'll... you can make an argument for, but I, you'd be hard pressed to give Who? it to him. Rafa, I've I've been yeah I've I've been, I think quite... he might be. I'll put Roy's name in there as well. Yeah. Just because of how, how cut adrift Palace were. People laughed on here when I said... Well, you Hodgson said Roy's for fucking man. England. <laughs> yeah, I said get him back in. He's perfect for this, for like a relegation battle. I, he's absolutely perfect for it. But I just... Higher up after that, I think he, sh- he runs out of ideas a bit. I think you almost... You could give it to Pardew just because I didn't know it was possible to be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Listen, Gareth Barry finally let his hair down. They had a nice holiday. <laughs> the managers people are willing to take a chance on. Why is no one taking a second chance on Sherwood in the Prem? Yeah, what the hell? The disrespect. We don't talk about Sherwood, otherwise Siri pipes up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alex Gaunt vs Boas back in. Like, he's a weird one. Like, Is he still in Russia? The moment is he? I'm not sure. People said that um, the only good thing about uh, our tattooing managers they look good on the touchline. You're a good looking man. Yeah. Frank DeBoer never actually managed to win a game. That was a joke. I, I still think he could do a job. I thought Everton should have got him when they got Allardyce. Yeah. Well, um, if he kept him up, Darren Moore from West Brom could just go yeah. him with a straight late shout <laughs> and just be like, look, I've done the impossible here. See, they're saying on match of the day they still don't think he should have the job. I, I can see the argument they're making in terms of saying it is a harder job than you then think because they were basically having a free swing at that point. But to say that like, he can't do it is... And what better are they going to get in? Yeah, exactly. Just keep going for the tried and test. It doesn't always work. Obviously, we're like restricted to the Premier League, but I mean, if you go on and win the Champions League, Jurgen Klopp, I think you'd look at his season differently. Yeah, I mean, that's a massive thing there, isn't it? But we, I guess we do have to go purely by league. In which case, going back to what said, Rafa, I think getting that Newcastle team to 10th. Well, at one time, that, people were saying they're going to get relegated. That's up there with Istanbul for his achievements, honestly, <laughs> because that team is dog shit. It's, it's wank. Come on, Dwight. They're absolutely dreadful. I said, if they kept, if he kept them like 17th and kept up, he's done a miracle. So to get them 10th, unbelievable. 
I um I was talking to my uncle, who's a Liverpool fan, um a couple of days ago. I wish I'd got the article off him, but it was basically the article was the the money spent and like it was the money spent by a club per point. So for example, City per the yeah, it was like yeah. two million a point yeah. or something ridiculous like that. But the best value per point was Jurgen Klopp. And okay. the amount of money that spent, and this is in the last few years, not just this season. Yeah. And it was it was Jurgen Klopp, and then Poch. Um, City was the most expensive, followed by United, as you'd expect, and then I think it was Chelsea. Um, but that's quite interesting in terms of if you were to compare spending. I thought we would have absolutely rinsed that. I thought we would have been above like Klopp, but yeah. the, it's that net, it's that net spend. Klopp's done quite well. Wait, in Get terms- that article on that loop Neil with it. He loves, <laughs> he loves retweeting fucking articles about that. In, in terms of what you said about uh, Rafa, do you know Dwight Gale is their, lead, their top scorer this season with six goals? Fuck me. Yeah, exactly. That says it all. Tell all the boys you know Dwight Gale will always score goals. In the championship, he will, yeah. But honestly, if they, if they had a different manager, they'd have been rock bottom, not a chance. It's only because he's a good manager and he's got them organised and worked them out. They got I'd say Shelby of... is probably their Premier League player. After yeah. that, I struggle for someone who's genuinely Premier League class. If he, someone's going to get a player when they get Jose Perez, <sighs> Yedlin's not bad at right back. Well, Mitrovic is probably one of their better options, and they loaned him out. <laughs> yeah, and he's been on fire. <laughs> he was just a psychopath, though. That's fine. <laughs> he doesn't mind a scrap. Now, are you going to praise your boy Sean Dyche or what? Sure, yeah, know. well, he's not my boy, but come on, he... you wanted him for the Arsenal job. No, I didn't. <laughs> Merson did. <laughs> Merson actually did say he was a man for the Arsenal job. Um, no, he's obviously done a very good job. To the fact at the time it was a battle for sixth place with Arsenal, <laughs> it's either a great indictment for him or a terrible one for Arsenal. A bit of both, yeah. We screwed him over every time with a late goal. I don't know how it happens. I think it's this season Alexis got another penalty which he scored late against him. I saw um saw Dyke Shane as well, like we've got into Europe, we've done something incredible and people are already saying to me like, Oh, how's the squad gonna cope? Are you sure it's a good idea? And <laughs> he's like, Let's just enjoy it. Yeah, it but still means I wouldn't want to win his bad side, which is probably how it's probably helpful when you're trying to motivate a team that no one really wants to be on your bad side. A bit of fear. Yeah, I mean does anyone have any particular I think it's a good season. I don't think it was. I mean, it's a good season in terms of watching your team because you don't really know what was going to happen in the game. But in terms of the competitiveness, it was over pretty quickly. It's probably always it actually gave more meaning to the other positions. Yeah, but even that, it's not the top four race hasn't been that great. Really, it's just no. it's been fairly established. I know Spurs did their best to throw it away late, so did Liverpool. So did, yeah, <laughs> but for the most part, that was fairly sealed. The relegation battle was close, as ever, but that always is. I think whenever the season's, you've got a runaway leader like City, I think it's going to affect how you look at the season, isn't it? The title race is kind of key, and we didn't really have one after October. I think there's been a lot of focus on, weirdly, the managers this season, in terms of how much managers have been spoken about at the top. I mean, like, literally, you, I could give a month to a an individual manager who has been like highlighted as a t- key topic for the month rather than any players in particular. Like For example, there was a big month where they're talking purely about Mourinho. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Um, when he was in his bit, like in his dip, you had like Pochettino. Like, is he really worth the... Like, is he really been a success? Yeah. Or, and then like Klopp as well. 
when Liverpool were hitting a bit of a dip in terms of like not solving Liverpool's errors. I think the managers have really stolen the light this season. Pep Guardiola with the success, you know, it's. I think they've had to find things to talk about in light of City being so dominant. Pardew did his best in that regard. Yeah. We'll give him something to talk about, boys. Okay, so later this week, the England squad will finally be announced ahead of the World Cup. And I guess this is our final uh, go to say who we feel should and shouldn't be in the team. So if we kind of run it down from keepers to the bottom, each player, whether we think they should, shouldn't, why reasons, for example. All right, so if uh, I take it from the top, goalkeepers, Jack Butland is number one on my list. To clarify, are we doing what we want or what we think he will do? What we want. Yeah, so... We can, I mean, you can say if we'll it's what, yeah. where we think yeah. he will, but yeah, because my keepers will get us onto yeah, that quite quickly. Yeah. All right, so I've got Butland as kind of the first name on my squad. Yeah, I've got Butland as well, and he's my number one choice. Yeah, same. I think he'll go Pickford, but I would, I think Butland's a little yeah, bit safer. I agree f- for me. Maybe not as good distribution though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I've got Pickford next on my list. I think he's the next best, but it does have flappy hands, which is a worry. That seems to have got overlooked that. It does seem to be well. Everton had a fair. Well, they say they've had a shit season. They haven't really had that bad a season. And this in like he's been a bit of a shining light. And he's not. He's been okay. He can't catch anything. No. He pats everything down or parries it back out. He doesn't even parry it into a good position. I'm not out with those Russian birds. See if he catch something. <laughs> <laughs> he might do. All right. Next on my list, I have got Nick Pope purely for the reason it's not Joe Hart. <laughs> Come on then, AJ. Force <laughs> Joe Hart into that squad. I, I put, I, I would take Joe Hart purely. I don't think he'll play a single match, but in oh. terms of having him in the changing room, <laughs> what's he doing in that changing room? <laughs> Bringing some good shampoo. Everyone, <laughs> he got dropped for Buffon. He's going to sort out that dandruff. You can't just reword my joke. He literally got dropped, from, <laughs> dropped from the team and dropped from the head and shoulders. Ad. He's, a rock He's so bad. Well, the fact he's not even starting for West Ham. West Ham. And then he started starting for West Ham and then just <laughs> carried on making mistakes. There seems to be this argument that like he's more experienced, so therefore he'll cope with the World Cup. Well, you His confidence is shot to bits. Well, you kind of see when you've got shit players in the team and even they kind of turn to look at the keeper like, what is going on behind this? And when you have him in goal, that does unsettle the whole team. And considering I think we're probably going to have quite a young defence, it's not good to have him behind you. I, I think... I do like an underdog, I will admit. I just I Not take World Cup squad. Look, he's my he's my third choice keeper. But I think if it, like anything were to drastically happen, I'm going to say it. He's a bit of experience may help. What ex- we don't want his experience. Yeah, well, he can. Hopefully, it'll be more As of a don't last, make the mistakes that I did last time. <laughs> Commentator saying Bale forty yards out, surely can't score from here. <laughs> AJ, I clarify, AJ was on a tube. I, I want to clarify. I was watching the game on the tube. I oh, was he, watching the game on the tube, oh, and I was loud on the tube as he's well. Heard this. <laughs> the other thing being as well, you get like a five-man like emergency like standby this day. Yeah. So therefore, if one of keepers get injured, you can call up someone actually decent as well. So <laughs> I still want to have Joe Hart on that fucking list. <laughs> Get Fraser Forster back in. Let him have a little return. There's a bloke whose confidence went. Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't matter be... if he's never played. Nick Pope's going to cast more confidence out than Hart. And that he's actually, even over Pickford and Button, he's in better form than them as well. Get Scott Carson back. 
Do you know what I got to show nothing earlier? Scott Carson is younger than Will from the Inbetweeners. <laughs> That's a random stat, but absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, he's one year younger. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he must be younger than I thought. Like, yeah. All Will is really fucking old. He's 32. So Carson's only 31. Yeah. No, no, he's 32. He's 32. Will's, 33. Will's 33. Yeah. Yeah, the fall from grace. All right, so the first one on my defenders list. We'll go straight in. Ryan Sessegnon. You haven't even as a defender. Why? On in terms of my list, he goes in as a defender purely because I think if you're going to play him, then it would show that Southgate's going with the five at the back, and so you have him as wing your wing back, back inverted even wide midfielder. Do, just to clarify, you you're not starting him. No, he's in my squad. Okay, I was like. Do your do your four that you'd start first, and then go into the. Jesus, oh, do you want me to wow. rearrange my old list? All right then. You're assuming he's having a four at the back as well. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, after your shocker last week, you'd did maybe you want to put my in a formation performance this week. <laughs> did you just assume my formation? <laughs> right, well, Sessegnon. We always have a rogue pick. Why not Sessegnon? I, I, I like that. I just I just purely because him as a defender. Oh, well, I thought if you're going to bring him, then you're probably going to drop someone like Bertrand. He's played sort of like on the left-hand side. Of yeah, well, like I figured that rather than... we're not going to have him as one of our what as one of our forward wingers. So I thought if you're going to play him, it's probably going to be like a mm. com- complete wing-back as you'd have on football manager. Inverted <laughs> wing-back. Yeah, I'm sure. Danny Rose is fairly nailed on, you'd think. He's a lock for that position, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah. a particularly good year, I don't think. Uh, well, you see he doesn't want to be at Spurs. He hasn't really played <laughs> after the whole whole uh, transfer saga. And obviously the injury. He's, yeah. waiting, he's waiting for that United move. I think reuniting... Um, I've seen Kyle Walker's on your list. Oh, spoil it, why don't you? <laughs> we all know that you want to say a line, so no. uh, just <laughs> no. you're not going to say it. Not, uh, not when we're talking about our Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> he's in patriotic mood now he's, he doesn't have a bad word to say about the English players no I've got a bad word to say about a couple of them <laughs> Danny Rose is fairly nailed on you'd say yeah yeah, definitely alright Carl Walker up next we all know what his bird did <laughs> <laughs> there it is yeah, there it is, it is. Can, it's, uh, I think you still haven't really scored despite what his bird did yeah. you seem to hold that against him but well I mean the thing is that. in terms of what his bird did he's very similar versatile Versatile. Well, he's been playing centre back for England the last two games. How's, hasn't that, he? how's his bird show versatility though? Two different species. <laughs> Do you need versatility in Russia? That's the opposite. Of what you need in Russia? <laughs> but um, yeah, he can play centre back, and this kind of gets on to my next player. But he's probably, in terms of defenders, he's the most solid, sealed down name. Of your defenders, if you go and move, if you have to put your life on someone being in the starting eleven, it would probably be him. Yeah, either in that that third centre back role or as yeah. a right back or wing back, whatever. Which well, the the, the next one I was going to say was going to be Trent Alexander Arnold. You reckon? I think a lot of it will depend on where he's going to play Walker because yeah. you can have him as your wing back if you're going to play Walker as centre back. If we are literally just going the pace in our defence, which that would indicate, then I'm thinking we've got no positioning, so we're just going to load the gas so we can make up for it. And I mean, if Southgate says he's going with form, then you can't really not pick him. What Trent? Yeah. Yeah, true, true. I mean, if you're going to have him playing in the Champions League final, then it seems harsh. So you can't play him against Tunisia. 
I'm saying exactly. If, he, if he's fit to play against Real Madrid, then you didn't probably... want to disrespect one of our actual. Uh, you didn't want to disrespect Panama, the no. dark horses. Exactly. No, I, I think I think he's going to go, um, Trent. It seems like he is. I was just thinking if he does treat Walker and Trippier as right backs. I don't think Trippier. So you turn your go. face up at Trippier. You don't think Trippier's going? No. Oh wow. I think he will take him. Solid right back. Well, it's because I think there may be another person he's going to take, which I can say now. I did have him kind of in my little midfield. I think Phil Jones is going to go. Is this type... And I think he'll go then in that I can play Phil Jones right back as well as centre-back, and so him in anywhere, I don't really need Trippier. Versatility does kind of come yeah. in at this point, doesn't it? It's hard for me to say, but I, I could probably see... I can agree with that. I As much as I think Trippier's had a good season... I think he has been outshined by Trent, and particularly you've got to go with the momentum at the time. So, yeah, I'd say so. The thing, the thing with Spurs is, and it's not even really like an insult here, is that there's nothing really to shout or scream about, and so there's no real like. There was the win against Chelsea, but there's been no since the Champions League win that's making you put your eyes in on them and they're not yeah. doing anything that's making you not put your eyes in on them so you Liverpool at least you have your eyes on them because good something or good bad. or bad can yeah. happen yeah I'd agree with that I won't that's a, maybe a topic for another day I won't go into what I think of Spurs this season in total and I mean like uh, yeah you know kind of like we say when we go to the cinema some, you don't want to have the expectation you go in and if you think worse of a film then it can be better a Liverpool defender could be getting more props because you expect so much worse of them. <laughs> and so when they do do something good, then it's like, oh, what, the, have you seen him? He's actually pretty good, isn't he? Mm-hmm. My only worry for him would be at international level is the only thing that kind of has been exposed by him sometimes is positioning. And obviously at international level, the players you're going to come up against... Might be better in a five, rounds. though, if he's got Walker to tuck in behind him. Yeah, and even if we don't defend that well, we're probably going to defend better than Liverpool do a lot of the time. Yeah. He probably won't have someone of Lovren's sort of quality next to him, hopefully. Well, um, would everyone have Tarkowski in their squad? Because I think he's probably the best centre-back we've got. See, I'm in a toss-up with him and a couple of others. I've probably got all of them in my team. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a toss-up. This is going to sound awful. A three-way toss-up. <laughs> him, Maguire, and your boy Michael Keane. Sounds like a bit funny. If he... <laughs> <laughs> because Keane's kind of been slept on, but before this season, I thought he'd be a really good signing for Everton. Didn't start the season well, but this back half of the season, he has actually picked up and played well. I can tell you now, I have Tarkowski, Maguire, Stones and Keane all in my squad. Okay. I've got like eight defenders. Have you got Eric Dyer in your squad? I've Yeah, but I wouldn't play him as a defender. Got, I, I was thinking he was a, as, a, as an option. No, I don't, I don't like him as a defender. I think if you're going to play him as a defender, then you're doing it for Spurs because you want him in your team, but you're not putting him in midfield, whereas for England, you do have the options where you can put others in the defence and if you're rating them on a scale, the defenders are going to be better than him if they're playing centre-back. Yeah. And I think for England, you are going to need someone sitting in front of the defence and so he does suit that position pretty perfectly. Okay. But we'll get on to him. I've definitely got Stones in. That's my sort of lock as a centre-back. Yeah, I've got Stones as well. I don't know what I told this to you. Like on the Nike website, I don't know what you can read into this. They You can buy the England shirt now with squad numbers and you can only buy four players on there. No, four or five. And it's like Stones, Sterling, Kane, Vardy and there was someone else. I can't find what it was. So yeah, 
Walker. They seem to be the consent. No, it wasn't. I can't. It was someone weird. But they seem to. Oh, with Rashford, they seem to be the consensus ones. They're like nailed on. And not Walker. That's weird. Well, they obviously Nike don't fancy they're going to sell many shirts to someone who they know what his bird did. <laughs> yeah. So you've also got Phil Jones in there as well, though. I actually haven't. I've I've got a little slash of who of between two people of who I would have in there, but I just picked Trent over um, the other options. Got you. Okay. But no, I I could put Stones in. I could put Jones in there. But no, my defenders list is Sessegnon, Rose, Walker, Trent, Tarkowski, Maguire, Stones, and Keane. It's like two left backs, two right backs, and centre backs. Mm-hmm. He's not on my list, but. Gary Cahill? No, absolutely not. He's not even playing for Chelsea. Agreed. And he's Agreed. so old. Like I said, I've got a little cap on my uh, As soon as you hit 30, get out. What are the chances, Marty's though? Unlucky. That, what are the chances, though, that you think he is getting on the plane? Like, I can see that coming. Cahill? Yeah, I can see he it coming. Has, has he picked him in squads prior to this? I think he might have been the last one. See, because I think if he... He's in an unfortunate position where but even if he was just playing like a bit for Chelsea, I think he would. Just because he's fairly solid and proven. And a lot of those defenders there are either young or inexperienced or they're sort of like stones kind of want to play. Whereas you maybe you've got someone who is just there to defend. Well, there's never really been much competition but either. That's probably going to help Maguire and Tarkovsky. Everyone seems to come out of the woodwork this season. Like Tarkovsky, you wouldn't have even been considering. Yeah. Michael Keane, you would think about Stones is the only real one who was there who was like, well, he's going to be kind of Yeah. What about your boy Lewis Dunk? Not for me. <laughs> Chris Smalling? Oh, Christ. I, I wonder if he might put someone like Smalling or Cahill in. Just as someone he's who's so played bad. Just someone who's played, got games under the belt. I, I, would bet, I would bet money that either one of the two, Smalling or Cahill, will be on that plane. I think we'll find out a bit about Southgate by... Who he picks in terms of defenders. I think if he does go for some young defenders, you know he's kind of being bold and going for it. And he is kind of picking on form, as he said, rather than uh, past achievements or experience. I worry. Smalling looks worse and worse every time I see him play. He looks ready to give the ball away at any point. The way he manhandles people as well. With a European European referee, they're not going to have it. I feel like they're kind of waiting to give a penalty against England. And it plays into it. When you play against a good striker as well, they almost let you do that and then they use your weight against you and they just peel off you. Yeah. Someone like Suarez is just going to lean into you, lean into you, lean into you and just spin straight off the back of you if you're all over him and you're just going to be left because you're going to be like trying to clutch him when he's trying to go past. We know Suarez will be a cunt to us as well. Yeah. But yeah. well, it doesn't have Gerard to set him up this time though. <laughs> so... Other than Smalling and Kayla, is there anyone else people would chuck in there? Is there anyone else people would have or think will be in there? Uh, I do see the thing we said about Phil Jones. I do yeah. see it being like a case of... Well, I wouldn't argue any- with that. I mean, uh, I would have recently, I think he's kind of a, he's one of them people you say his name and you kind of giggle, but he's not actually that bad when you watch him, is he? He's, he's a bit rash, but in terms of versatility, that could get him in there alone. Would you have had uh, Joe Gomez in there if you hadn't got Yeah, I would have, yeah. Yeah. He can kind of fit in anywhere as yeah. well, really, as well. Exactly. Um, if we move on to uh, midfielders, so I mentioned Eric Dyer. I think he's one of the locks to be in there. I Yeah. I'd do we even know who the captain is yet? No. We'll do that after then. Yeah. I I, I have Dyer in there as my sort of like a midfield slash defender. So yeah. like one of those centre-backs we discussed there, I'd probably be tempted to drop okay. on the basis of yeah. he can fill in there. But 
Um, then next I had uh, Hendo. Yeah. He gets a lot of disrespect. I think you're one of the ones who disrespects him, Alex. Never said a word against Henderson. Have you ever said a good word in favour of him? <laughs> okay, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he gets a lot of stick. I mean, in when he's going to be perfect for the latter rounds, if if we get there, uh, he's just going to. I think it's almost a bit disrespectful to say he's going to run he's going to put himself about it, but that is what he's going to do. He's going to be in their face, he's going to go the whole game, and he's going to be someone who's actually not going to be afraid to be a voice on the pitch and tell people what they what they got to do. Does he have the armband? He's who I would give it to. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't give it. Yeah, I'd give it to. If, well, I would do it now. Then you can't give it to Kane if someone who is going to is that quivering over a joke made by the FA I wouldn't give it to Kane I, I hate it when like Kane's for me at the moment is not captain material I don't like it when you give the captain's armband to your best player or the player with the it's momentum striker. it ruined, yeah. it ruined yeah. Vermaelen when, when we did it to him he turned a shite after that yeah he did yeah I think there's kind of going to be enough pressure and expectation on Kane as it is so I don't think we need to put more on him I think you can give it to someone in midfield or defender, but yeah, Wenger's cracked that, and so he gave our last couple to Galas, Arteta, and Mertesacker. <laughs> Before that, he gave it to Henri, didn't he? he was like, Van you know, you're, uh, you're our best player, you yeah. fucking have it. Fabregas as well. Give the give the armband to. There's only one striker that I give the armband to. Vardy. Christ. How's his chopsy bird? Isn't there? <laughs> She's gonna be a nightmare. Um. All right. So. So we we're all saying Hendo for captain, are we? I'd give it Hendo. I don't know what Alex looks like. He doesn't want to give it to Kane. He doesn't want to I give said it to I'd Hendo. give it to Hendo. But like Vardy... People are saying like Dyer. There's no actual guarantee Dyer might actually start. That's the other thing. Dyer's not captain material either. We've but broken not at the AJ moment down anyway. Here. He's going like uh, Sean in 2015 where he's not really that Spurs fan anymore. He's been reinvigorated, Sean. I've got to say, I'm just not... Well, you could argue that because I'm not happy with our season. But and we'll, we'll, we'll and go into that. And United are on the up. It's true. He's <laughs> <laughs> wondering if he should go back to his old boys. All right, next up, and surprisingly, he was one that I had to fit into my squad rather than have straight there, and that was Wilshire. His form recently hasn't been one that's going to command his way into the team. I think he's going to be lucky that Ox isn't there, yeah. and that the people around him aren't dominating that much to the point where they're going to push him out. Just to clarify, is Southgate going straight in with a 23 rather than weaseling it down? Because that's the impression I've gotten. Well, doesn't the 23 have to be announced by Wednesday? Yeah, that's the impression. I was in the impression of 30 has to be announced by today, I thought. I don't know. The, I, think... I know. I think he's going straight in and announcing 23 on Wednesday is the impression I got. For, and then you have the emergency ones, don't you? You can call it before the 14th of June or the 11th or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'd have Wilshire in there. Um, I think... He's just something a bit different to the other options you have, but he's kind of a, he's more of a luxury player than he is someone that you have to have in there. I think if you go if you in the early games when you try to break down a team, mm. then I think he'd be good to have. But I wouldn't have him in when you're playing a team in the latter stages where you're tucking in and you're and you're being sharp because he puts himself about, but he's not too intelligent with the way that he does it and. He he's physical to an extent, but he's more physical in that he's not going to stand for. It. He's not physical in that he's going to sho- shove you off the ball. More like a yappy dog who's going to try and put himself about, but doesn't quite have the physicality. It's more do disrespectful it. way to say it, but probably <laughs> what I was trying to get at. Yeah, That's probably a fairly. Yeah, I think he's now. he's good for the group stage, but not I so think, much for later on. I think you're probably right on two counts in terms. Of, I think he's lucky Ox is out. 
in terms of that's in terms of form, there's only one choice there. But also, like you said, we've kind of got midfielders that are mucking in, solid, dependable, work hard, but don't have that sort of um, that creative. He might also be good to bring on if you're going to bring on people later in the game. It's all well and good bringing on some of the players we'll get on to, but if you don't have anyone that could pick them out, then it might be yeah. worth bringing him on with them. I think that could be a big issue with England is that I think we do have four players who can cause problems. People have criticised... Are we going to pick them out? Are we going to find them and create things? People have criticised with Arsenal before and they say that we have like three separate banks of positions rather than a cohesive unit and that could be an issue. And it also is an issue that we still don't know who our squad's going to be really going into it. So if if we don't know, then the players don't really know, do they? Is it fair to say that with this England squad, the midfield is probably the weakest, weakest, uh, weakest area in terms of not a defined, not a de- like a definite. Let's say, how should I put it? Like just a formation, a position, a setup that we were confident could well, do some work. I think keeper work. would probably be the weakest part, but in, our midfield, I think, I think you can look down it until you break it down, and then I think if you are playing players in their right positions, and I think they could be quite a good pack that you have there. If you had them all fit and ready, do you not think, and this is obviously going to sound bad coming from me, but you don't think you asked Milner to come out of international retirement and then you'd have had him, Hendo and Oxner just because it's worked for Liverpool in Champions League. You could, you're, yeah. you're in a position where you're going to have three one-off games potentially later on if you go through the group. You could build off the back of that. Didn't we quite like try and do that I wouldn't say it was much the midfield, but we kind of did that with maybe Spurs in the in the Euros, where we basically had Kane, that spine, Kane, Ali. Spurs fans are telling me we didn't play to Kane's strengths. That's why he was shit. I can't work it out. I like we played the same formation and half the team, but we didn't play to his strengths. We didn't play to his free kicks. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. just an idea because I I would be pulling, I'd be asking Milner out of international retirement. I'd say more if you would put someone in behind them because. I think I don't really know how to word it. I think when you play against an international side, you're not going to play against someone like. And the first thing that came in my head was like a Uruguay, where they're going to be organised with the talent with the Champions League. As you go through, they get kind of less gritty and they're more flair. And flair, like, yeah. yeah. Whereas international teams, you'll probably have one or two flair players yeah. and an organised unit sort of behind it. Yeah, I know what you mean. It is a different type of game. It's just a sort of. But yeah, I think you play the players, but you would maybe reshuffle the formation mm-hmm. and have someone in behind them or... And just thinking one of the big things with us is always that we kind of look like a team of strangers. And there's also, like we said, we we might know players that are going in terms of midfield, but we don't really know the setup and what he's going to do. If we don't play to pace, then we're just done for. That, that yeah. seems to be the most obvious way for success for us when you look at the team. It's success for us, but also for international games are so slow often. If you do have pace, you can inject England's into it. England's painful to watch sometimes. Yeah, we you can kind of flip a switch, I think, there, and, and you could be the team that kind of enforces the tempo. Instead, we kind of get brought down in yeah. the tempo. I mean, the next player I was going to say was Shelby. I mean, ended the season really well. He is as much of a box-to-box midfielder who can shoot well enough. Probably he, got the best pass on him yeah, in terms of can, midfielders we've got. Yeah, and he can defend, and he's big, physical... There's been questions over in terms of how athletic he is in terms of over the 90 minutes getting through the running. He's not going to have to play 90 minutes, is he, to be fair? No, I just mean 
that's where he's kind of been found wanting a bit. And he may of... not need to. I mean, the games where he's going to be most utilised, we're probably going to be tucked in. And so he's more going to be organising. He's going to be... The ball's going to be passed to him from someone more physical next to him to be distributing it. And I think he's worth having in the squad because I think you need to not just have a plan A, you need to have a plan A, B, C, and he offers something a bit different. I'd definitely have him in, not just on... I know it's kind of become a bit, I don't want to say fashionable, but he's kind of in vogue with me. After that last game of the season against Chelsea, it's kind of... He had the game against United earlier in the season as well, didn't he? And I thought to myself... Well, we've picked Livermore in previous squads. Do you not remember I said months ago that I won the league of football manager with England and I had Shelby in my team and he was my one of my star men. Shut your mouth. Beat Germany in the final. You could argue as well, going back onto his fitness, I mean, with the general momentum of the World Cups being slower, it like, it would maybe suit him a bit better, but yeah. you kind of hope that he was match fit by now. I don't necessarily know if it's a fitness thing or a concentration thing, but I just know a few times throughout the season it's been highlighted that Okay, yeah, he's set up a goal with a forty-yard pass, but then on the flip side, he's also let his man go at the back for. Yeah. He's gonna have a higher talent level around him, though. As exactly. Well. Um, okay, if we move on then, and the next one, which is someone that I had in my kind of yes or no with Phil Jones, was Adam Lallana. And if I explain why, I thought that uh, I think he he's he's very good and technical. But I think he could fall victim to not really being the Henderson type or not being like yeah. the Ali type. And he's somewhere in the middle. And I think if you put in someone in central midfield, you're not going to have a player of his type. Or if you are, then you might bring him or Wilshire. Um, and going forward, then there's players who are faster, more explosive, and a bit maybe a less less tricky but more direct. I think he could. I think he could fall victim depending on what system Southgate's going for. I think it's similar to what I said about Barkley earlier. I think he kind of falls in between positions and doesn't really have one it's fine to have a player like that if you've got two behind him will be solid or whatever. but if you don't want to do that then it's not quite as well and if you have two well. behind him it's probably going to be like someone we'll get onto after and um, the thing is is he injured now again I was unsure that's why I, I tentatively put him in the other day I I oh, thought about. I mean, he's not in good form. Uh, he's just played a couple of games after injury. So. I'm pretty certain he's injured because I looked, I looked because I was nearly going to put him in my squad. But I'm pretty certain he's injured. He's one I forgot about until I saw his name. Back end of last season, 100. percent He's one of the first names on the sheet. Well, I remember but watching him not. and they're saying to you, like, actually, I quite like what he, I'm seeing. He's another one like who falls victim of seems to get a bit of abuse that's sometimes deserved, but then a lot of the time maybe. Just too much for England, doesn't he? he tries walking it in. Yeah. I think it's right. that thing where they like, oh, he hasn't scored for England yet, and so they was just over his head. Um, the next one I was going to say was Deli Ali, and I think that's the issue for Lana is he's not Deli Ali, and he's not the one before. Regardless of form, he's not going to get in over a Deli Ali. No. Um, Ali is nailed on, but he needs to find form, and that he needs to find some temperament as well because you can't start kicking out as soon as it doesn't go your way. And I- he can have a sorry, he can have a game like it against Chelsea, where he showed what he can do, and then he can have a game. Yeah, I'm, de- I'm with you on that. His temperament, he-, he needs to sort that out. I'm going to call it, though, if we have a player who's in form in this tournament who does so, I- it's going to be typical that he comes back. last tournament. Now. Yeah, that's my word. <laughs> that, that's true, <laughs> but that was, that, was coming off, that was coming off a really good season for him. He hasn't really done much this. He hasn't been the player that we know he it was, can wasn't be. It? it was like the first game where he had it on the edge of the area and he, he hit it and it just went horribly wrong and you were like, oh, Christ, this could be one of the- <laughs> yeah. these tournaments. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to be like the shining light for the tournament as well. After that season, he'd had great form. 
I think numbers wise, he's actually had not a bad season this year. But I just think in terms of the eye test, I don't think he's looked quite as kind of what we said about Mane. It's hard to live up to what you've done before. Yeah. If you were to look at our squad, uh, the, if you were to look at the Tottenham squad, like the names that stand out more this season compared to where he was the front like headline of the season before is Ericsson's been better. You could argue that Human Son's been better than him. Kane's definitely been better. Um, the Tongan's been better. Um, these are all players in different positions, but he's way down the list in terms of you know performances of the year. Yeah, stats are there, but you know stats don't tell us the full story. Um, last one, and depending on whether you put him in your forwards or midfielders category, um, Raheem Sterling. If he can take his form into the World Cup, then he probably. Uh, it's whether you play him on the wing or whether you play him through the middle, and it probably depends on who else is playing around him and what formation we play. Formation is going to be a big part, isn't it? Because if they do play the wing backs, then where does that leave Sterling? Well, I mean, on form, you you'd, you'd put him in over Ali, but it's hard it's to say that's what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're going to count Jesse as one of your front men, are you? Yeah, I thought he'd been. Yeah, uh, I think you've got the you've got to have my man Fabian Delphin there. Solid, solid player. He's just won the league with his team. Racked up some appearances, and also the main thing with me, I've only got Danny Rosen as an actual left back. He can slot in there. And yeah, he has good done a job. And yeah. wing back. Which did I'm you? I'm not counting Sessegnon as well. Did you see a piece on uh, BBC with him and Shea Given? Shea Given pranking him. Putting this dead fish in his car. Yeah. That was a joke. And he was like, I mean, I suffer with migraines. And he was like, so I was stuck on a motorway and he was in three days on a migraine because of how bad the smell was. The um, thing took away from that, I I completely forgot he's from Leeds. His Yorkshire accent was so just like pronounced. The thing I took away from I was pleased Shea Given was with himself. And he was like, I told you, you started it, you don't mess around with me. (laughs) (laughs) I like like them when you get a player like him who's quite experienced and you think you're probably quite sensible and then you get him in an interview and you're like he's clearly just a complete joke he said at the end doesn't he he's like what did your mum tell you you play with fire you're going to get burnt <laughs> was it Gazi did that to Ali McCoyce where he put two in the car and so when he found one he thought he'd got rid of all the fish Yeah. and then the smell on. was still there because he'd left one there under the mat or something <laughs> alright so you say Delph you'd have Delph in your squad Yeah. Any anyone you want to throw in here Alex before we carry on I dread to think with you I did actually have Delph as well, to be honest. Oh, I thought you were going to say Harry Winks. <laughs> nah, I, I, it did cross my mind with Winks, but I mean, what what's the point? Like, it, I, the only reason that I was trying to find a way of which I'd maybe consider him as like a young, a young potential talent of the future, give him a bit of a, I think a cup experience. But like once again, I, like there's players in front of him which are a priority. And I think if you're going to do that, then it'd be Loftus Cheek that would go over him. There, I guarantee there will be certain Spurs fans out there which will be throwing the toys out of the pram about him not being on the plane or even considered. He had like maybe a couple of good performances this season which maybe throw him into the limelight a little bit. That's not enough. The problem is it was the first half of the season as well. That kind of gets lost a bit. I think if he carried on the form he did show in those early games, I think he'd have to be because he's another one who's an actual creative player. It's he hard, very good it? on the ball. With the way Spurs play in that he's not Dembele and he's not Eriksen. That's that's it. It's, it's a hard squad to get into for him, but I can say if he had getting that game time, I think he'd be perfect for it as well because he's a good passer of the ball. He's good on the ball. Kind of gets slept on a bit because his his name's Harry Winks, not a Brazilian name, whatever. He kind of gets laughed at a bit. But I think he is a good player, but yeah, yeah, he's kind of ended up getting lost in the second half of the season for Spurs, doesn't he? He's not played as much. Onto the forwards, I think Harry Kane's probably the first one on the team sheet in terms of your forwards. Um, he's nailed on, isn't he, Harry Kane? Yeah. 
and I think the good news for England is I think he's regained some form and I think he's finished on a high and I don't think he looks in previous seasons I thought he looks like he's getting to the end of the season in terms of I think he's starting to look a bit leggy and stuff I think he looks relatively fresh and good he, to go he could do a bring him with him whatever he's drinking at Spurs because he has an injury and a week later he's suddenly back when he's done ligaments or something so he could you do te- a bring someone out with him you text me about that and um, it was I don't think he made... struggled to go there in Russia actually <laughs> if he could throw himself to walks that would be appreciated <laughs> When I can't remember, it was, it was Chelsea, wasn't it, that he got yeah. rushed back for? And I was like, it was I Arsenal. Said, it was Arsenal. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was. He got injured, then a week later, he lined up to, play, to face Arsenal. I could have it was Chelsea. I swear it was Chelsea. He played against Arsenal, he was injured, because I remember texting my uncle saying, Of course he's back. I, I'm pretty sure I was texting you, and I was saying, like, If he makes that start, if he makes that start, uh, if he makes the squad it's list, more than if, once, he makes, uh, if he makes the squad list, then. There is something really untoward happening there, and then he made the starting lineup, and I was like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> we won't call any of our players out too much on here, though. Not until after the World Cup, until he's back in Spurs camp. <laughs> oh, uh, Jamie Vardy's another one who you think is going to be nailed on. If they can find a way to get Vardy and Kane in the same team, then I wouldn't be surprised if they look at three-five-two and try and get those two up there. Whether it works is a different matter, but Vardy's actually. Probably playing the best he ever has. I know the title winning campaign, but he looks like he's got a bit more to his game now in terms of the all round players of striker. And he is actually in great form. He's kind of got, again, just kind of got slapped on. The issue is we can't slow him down. You can't play in a. um, It's like when Arsenal played City uh, in the League Cup final. You can't just leave a striker like that just abandoned up top. They need something to chase down. They need to be able to harass the strikers or yeah. it's just pointless having them on. And so if we're having them on, then we need to play with strengths and we need to play with the wing-backs who've been driving up, giving him something to get onto and giving him spaces to drive for. And try and get him in behind, not yeah, just kind exactly. of come up short for it and whatever. And there's a way of getting him behind rather than just lumping it down the field, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. He needs to be intelligent. At the same time, he is also a good release if you do need to relieve pressure. Having someone like that running in behind for all of, for all of um, Kane's qualities, that isn't really him. He's not looking to stretch it. And he's... Just make sure he tones it down to the extent where he's not getting himself in danger early doors because you don't want to have him chasing people down late in the game and worrying about getting a second booking or something like that. No, I think he'll be all right. Um, Rashford, I think, is another one who's going to be on the plane. Yeah, at one point in the season, you just said a lock. He's a well, lock. he was he was like our best player of the last tournament. He only played about ten minutes. <laughs> I'd... If it weren't for the fact that Vardy was in such good form, I think I'd throw Rashford in Stein, even though he's not playing. He's in and out for United. Well, yeah, the, the... because he he doesn't look like a player who struggles with confidence when he doesn't play. Either. He looks like all right, I'll do it. The lineups I'd done before had Kane up top, and then the likes of Ali, Rashford, Sterling, and behind him. I think the thing we've struggled with with Kane previously is maybe we, as England, have left him isolated in terms of we'll try and play a system like Spurs do, but we don't pull it off as well, so he's left on his own. And so at that point, his kind of lack of pace and things gets exposed because he doesn't get the support he needs. If you can get someone like one of those lads in and around him with legs, I think we'll look a lot more threatening, a lot more exciting to watch as well, which is... Let's face it, we want to at least see some excitement because yeah. England games for qualifiers and have to put you to sleep. Yeah, and that Scotland game will be nicked to draw. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Jesse Lingard said him before, he's another one who's banging form. Um, hopefully he plays well in the cup final, doesn't get injured or anything. That's an issue with the United and Chelsea players. Actually, I don't think we had a Chelsea player in there really otherwise. Um, Not even Danny Drinkwater. 
No, I forgot about him in midfield. I did like consider him. But... I think that I think that tells you it all that you forgot about him that easy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, on form he starts. On form he starts over Ali Lingard, but it's just what depends. We really don't know what formation we're going to play. That's it. I was going to say if you, I'd probably consider him one of my midfielders only because as well. You do know of him as even if he's having an off day, he does put a shift in as well. Yeah, he's, I know it's maybe not the. Plays one of the big games game. as well. He's a big game player. He's been clutch, hasn't he? Yeah. So is Sterling, though, to be fair. Look at those early season games. Yeah. How many times has Sterling dig out a late winner yeah. or equaliser for him? He's been important for him. All right, and the the final name on my uh, team sheet, Donny Welbeck. Plays well for England. You can't, There's literally, you can't deny the way he plays for England. And he will get up there and he will harass you. Jermaine Defoe scores goals. <laughs> Defoe ain't going to the World Cup. Come on. He can probably feel a bit hard done, but he has had more game time at Bournemouth. Well, if you bring in Defoe, then you bring Glenn Murray over him. Jesus. Well, you would. You'd bring Glenn Murray over Defoe. I'm if very... we're actually going to have this debate. <laughs> in form, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, a goal scorer is in form. I'm surprised we haven't got to that stage of the summer where someone's saying we need to take a big man. It normally is. <laughs> we need a different option. We've got four strikers. We need a fifth. Crouchy. Carroll. Crouchy's What's Ricky Lambert doing? Crouchy. Hey Lambert's under eighteen. Lambert's Someone. the under 18s coach for me on FM. He, he needs to stay there. Same with Heskey, actually. <laughs> I can see what sort of style you were trying to. Lalana, I did actually have to put in my squad purely because I felt bad about football manager. I told you, he's, I've left him out my squad straight away. Anyone thirty or above, straight out of my squad. We're going for youth. Lalana's come to me and asked, "What what can I do?" And I was sorry, your time's up. It's a new generation. And he said to me, uh, "Just tell me what I can do." And I had to tell him straight, and he said, "You'll learn to gr- you'll you'll live to regret this." <laughs> and threatened by Lalana, and that Ponzi here. I I Welbeck does fall into the category of someone I'm a hundred percent sure Southgate will take as well. He's an England I player. I hundred percent believe he'll take him. I think during the entire process of like picking this England squad, it's for me it's been like a different experience in terms of you haven't got a remotely like a, a, an easy starting eleven to pick. Like normally, when you pick your squad, you pick your starting eleven and then you pick your subs. I like tried to do that, and I was just like, it's easy to just pick the players that I want to take on the plane, but I couldn't give you a starting eleven to work with. To put things in perspective, there probably isn't one centre back who you say, okay, he'll definitely be starting. No, Stones and, probably. Yeah, she's scary. And probably you can probably even say about central midfield. Yeah. Normally you'd have a spine set up and you'd probably think, right, well, our like, own opinions will be different for one or two positions here and there. But you could legitimately produce almost two different 11s yeah. that you think he might produce. Like for me, I mean, like there's probably three positions which are, aren't really up for debate in terms of... like, And even then, one of those positions, you're not sure where you're going to play him. But obviously, Harry Kane, yeah. Danny Rose and Kyle Walker. And then Kyle Walker, it depends on where you're playing. Those are the three positions mm-hmm. which you'd probably say nailed down. Everything else is kind of up for debate. Yeah, I don't know whether that's a good thing or not. I'd prefer to have at least some sort yeah. of idea. I just think... My defence is the one I'd, I'd want nailed on. And traditionally, we kind of have. It was, we've normally had a decent back four and then just kind of flopped <laughs> in terms of, oh, the strikes didn't turn up or midfield to miss or something like that. But it's, it's one of the two ways to look at it because if he does pick players on form, we'll probably have quite a lot of young players in there as well and it will be different to what we're used to seeing. So surely, how often have we called for that? 
I think the qualifiers and the friends just are your chance to build a team whereby you have an idea in your head what yeah. you're going to do and I'm not sure if we do no too many charity caps but anyway I think we've unless we've missed anyone out anyone have any last names they want to chuck in there if he does have a wild card I think it will be Sessegnon and I'd include him as one of my midfielders or attackers rather than defenders just because I wouldn't ever have him at the back I think he's a really really good player but if you watch him for Fulham, it's either left mid or attacking left mid like on a free, which the idea of him as a left back's a bit crazy. <laughs> I think the player I think you were right in what you said about Trippier in terms of he'll be the one who's left out and it'll be the, maybe the one that's maybe judged. I think Wilshire could be the I think he's gonna leave a name out and I think it's gonna be Wilshire or Lalana. Do you think? Actually Lalana we sell hasn't he probably isn't gonna be there. I th- I think he could leave he doesn't seem to like Wilshire. I think he might out of purely I have to pick it. We'll bring Livermore, won't he, instead? If he brings Don't him, do that. Fuck me. Jesus. Anyway. Keep him away from the Charles if he does as well. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we got something slightly emotional to get into before uh, we carry on to the bigger news, maybe. Me and TK were there at the O2 Arena to watch the demise once again of uh, David Hay, knocked out by Tony Bellew in... I can't imagine what I can't remember what round it was. Fifth round. Fifth round. Yeah, yeah. my head said fourth, but before it was later. Um, I don't really want to revisit it too much; it's too painful. Um, I'll have to ask, ask a couple of quick fire questions, TK. We'll do this way to go through it. Oh, just punched the mic. Um, do you think he's going to retire? No, unfortunately. AJ, what about you? No. All right, uh, TK, back to you. Uh, from for the record, I don't think he's going to either. Um. I think he's going to face Shannon Briggs next. Christ. Obviously, I think we did a bit before. It's not all we expected, was it? Although, in hindsight, we probably should have expected it. Yeah, I, f- I think we probably acknowledged that... That could happen. Aging injuries could take their toll. And I think we did also acknowledge kind of, it was one of those where anything could happen with him real- like realistically in terms of we wouldn't be too shocked. I don't think it'd go like that. I don't think he'd knock him down and chin him like that. No. Then he did get up, and yeah, so it wasn't like he got cleaned out. That would have shot me if he'd said yeah. it's him. I would have probably been shot then. But I think we saw just kind of how old and shot he really is. Do you think you should have the win taken off him for calling out Usyk and Ward after? Uh, yeah, I think you should make it a no contest for that. I think particularly as after that, he then made no mention of any of those cruiserweights <laughs> in that tournament, and then stuck with. Bring Andre Ward out of retirement or get me Fury, which I would find either unlikely. Yeah, uh, I think he said a lot that he said he enjoyed it. And that, hey. yeah. Oh. I think that maybe the competitive edge has gone. I mean, he does kind of have to say to an extent he can't be too ungracious in defeat, but he didn't seem too down afterwards. What do you think his main motivator is at the moment if he doesn't retire? Money. And not wanting to go out on a loss. Yeah, now Ego is ironically going to push him to fight on, which is probably going to make him look worse because he's just going to look older and more shit the longer he goes. Well, I said like Dylan White called him straight out after. That's savage <laughs> because yeah. he was like, I'll finish his career. I, like, I think his career's probably done at top level, mate. I don't Really, you should be calling up the winner there. Yeah, shit. no one's really going to pay for is anyone David Hay anymore. No, surely no one is. That's the, that's the thing. As much as he's got pulling power, he doesn't have that And then Belly anymore. said about White, he's like, I want big names and need He's a good fighter, but he doesn't tip that box. Yeah, bit of a shocker from Dylan. I, I like him. I think you should ca- call out a winner. Don't call out the he's asking for anyone, to be fair. I mean, in, in, in an age when I've seen today, Lucas Brown and Dave Allen agree to fight. Christ. That's horrendous. Don't rule anything out. 
Um, but yeah, apparently, uh, some people are saying, "Hey, he got taken to the cleaners by his ex bird. That's why he's. Uh, that's why he needs cash." I saw um, that's happened with um, Rung Versailles. He's oh, broken really? out with his birds, and he had all his assets in her name. What? Oh yeah. wow, she played him. Don't know why you do that. That's what you get for doing that to Chocolatito. Make sure you learn from those lessons, Alex. Don't want your triathlon earnings going uh, going astray. Although we want prenup, we want prenup. <laughs> um, I, he didn't appear to have an injury. I mean, they were saying maybe it has something happened, but Paulie said he did. He literally can't say it. He's he physically he would get cleaned out and he'd be better off taking it than saying he was injured. Yeah, exactly. He Which is essentially what he did. Yeah. <laughs> Even if he did. Probably, I want to go back, I've not actually watched it since, I might go back and watch it later. Don't. Whereby, apparently, pretty much from the start, Paulie was saying that he's not putting any weight on his front yeah. foot. Or was it, no, he wasn't putting any weight on the back foot, so yeah. he's leaning all on the front, which would explain his lack of balance and other things. So, you wouldn't be at all surprised. I said before, I find it hard to believe he could come into the fight without injury or yeah. survive the fight without getting some sort of injury. Apparently he was sparring up until the night before the fight. Really? So they said maybe he knew his timing was off. Christ. Yeah, That's not something of a confident man either. No. Which maybe looking back is a good reason. Um, Frotch giving a ringside uh, diagnosis yeah. of some sort of ligament damage or something. <laughs> he said it was a tear. <laughs> And he was insistent. Oh, the knee ligaments have gone. He's insistent on it as well. <laughs> well, I mean, we probably don't need to say too much more on uh, Hey Billy. We want him to retire, but he won't retire. Essentially, yeah. he's summary, I think. I'll admit, if he does fight again, I will be all in. He'll I'll, hype me into it. Yeah, but then I'll be like, I just want him to go on a win now. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than that. Talking quite a bit about Hey, but I mean, like... Do you think Belly? What did you think of Belly's performance? Do you think he had him like measured? He did what he did. What he had to do. He didn't make any mistake. Like a lot of I people, was surprised he traded with him, but obviously backed himself. Looking at the well, looking at the clear state that he's in, um, would you? I mean, do you think Belly should get the credit that he is kind of being given, or do you think it's kind only, of just taking like sort of like taking advantage of a easy win situation from what we saw? Mixture of both. Well. If we're struggling to give him credit, Belly will make sure he gives himself plenty of credit. Don't worry about that. Fuck me. I've heard him say, call about he literally can, everyone. He can hook with anyone in the world. No one can exchange left hook with him, he said. He's gone from acknowledging that he wouldn't have beaten the prime hate to saying, I always would have beaten him. Okay. Styles oh. make fights. Styles make fights, yeah. And then said, "Off, I could hook with anyone, but I won't fight AJ. I won't fight Wilder. So AJ's his, AJ's his bro. <sighs> That's kind of his problem, is that he is very honest, which I like. But then when you kind of go and say these other things, it goes back on that original honesty. Saying the world is too big, but your face Fury is a bit... He said he swears on his kids that he could chin Fury as He well. essentially needs to just say, basically, Wilder has insane power and will chin me. I'd be I don't in... think Fury can punch, so I'll do I'd it. be Rather interested in seeing thing. him against Parker. Yeah. Potentially he might not be the prettiest. No, but in terms of a heavyweight matchup and the names... And you'll actually get an idea of what he can do at that yeah. weight. I, I want to see him in with a cruiserweight. Whoever Same. wins the cruiserweight jump, but he ain't going anywhere near that. Well, he's got a guaranteed shot. He doesn't even need to go for it because he's champion emeritus with WBC still. So as soon as he calls for it, he's got a shot. See if he wants it then. Exactly. Um, moving on then. So uh, it's announced earlier this week that Eddie Hearn has signed a deal with um, Dazen. 
however you pronounce that, in America. Um, he said he wants to build the uh, biggest, stru- biggest and strongest stable in world boxing. He's agreed a $1 billion deal. Um, they're on-demand streaming service, and it means that he'll be able to stage 16 fight nights a year for eight years uh, in America. And additionally, he'll have 16 shows in the UK that he'll show on that network. It's essentially what the, the WWE network have done. And essentially, they realized that they were allowing the likes of Sky and that to host their pay-per-views. And they would sell it for a certain amount, then Sky keep the profits. And so rather than do that, they'll do a monthly fee and they charge less, but they give you more content and they keep all of the money. So essentially with the network, you pay nine ninety nine a month and you get at least one pay-per-view a month and all the addition and you get their whole back catalogue and all other programmes and that as well. Christ. And but on Virgin Media, for example, they were charging you they fifteen quid for a pay per view and that was it. Or oh, now they charge twenty quid. So they have, they okay. charge more and so you pay half the amount and you get that as well as any the the WWE one is So is that over here or was that over in the That's States? everywhere. Oh, got everywhere. You. So the WWE one is what they want in that it's they can build up a catalogue of things and then you have the whole domain. It's basically like Netflix, but... Is the pay-per-view then still its own separate price? No, no. So that's you pay nine ninety nine, and you get everything, including the oh, pay-per-views. Nice. Okay. And that's what it is over there. Hearn is saying he's getting rid of pay-per-views in America and you pay a flat fee and then you get all this. And they already have, um, I think it's rugby, darts and some golf. Oh, wow. So he basically wants... He says that... People don't watch TV anymore, and so you buy the package you want, and then you can watch on demand everything you want. I, I, I'm going to come out. I, I think this is a master stroke, if I'm honest. If he pulls this off, this is a master stroke, and it's getting ahead of the curve. Um, I think if you look at um, the like what you're saying about nobody watches TV anymore, it's yeah, it's true that you even like the online services you can stream to your tv if you look at and you're gonna hate me for bringing this up if you look at how successful a successful that boxing match on youtube was just from that online i mean what was it what was it six million or something like that yeah, within crazy. It, it's like that that's the sort of numbers we're talking with but it's it's actually not that one off because espn launched their own a month before called espn plus and the ufc had just signed a deal with them and it's hard to say for us because it doesn't affect us because we have BT Sport and they have the deal there. But the UFC is saying rather than have the like Fox cards, which TK will know, the Fight Night cards, you pay £5 a month and you get boxing over there and you get um, an array of other things as well as, well as a back catalogue. And so it's kind of going to be pick your paws into which one you want or eventually it's going to be get rid of the TV and just stock up however many bundles of these things you want. What was um, I'm pretty sure I was, I was sent to you earlier. I read as well that basically if he pulls this off, uh, Sky Sports it won't be shown on Sky Sports box office, but it'll be just be matches. Well, then what's going to happen is um, we'll get the shows he hosts in America as part of the Sky deal. Okay. So we'll have them normally, and they won't have pay per view in America. So it's not saying he can't still have pay per view over here. So he's been very kind of careful there, so we can still have that. And it depends what he does with the money because. Saying you're going to build a stable, and if you spend all the money on, we'll say Wilder, who I don't think that's going to happen, um, and say he signs Charlo and then he doesn't match him up with Jacobs, he should be signing fighters to make fights rather than building fighters over in America. 
he can't do what he does here and have the likes of Connor Ben, Josh Kelly, that a lot, just in with a nobody. Also, the fighters he's looking at fighting that are uh, signing up are either already world title holders or pushing on world level. Well, PBC so, tried this, didn't they? But then they started char- They started giving one and a half million for a standard fight. So Danny Garcia got one point five million to face Rod Selker, and then they offered yeah. him two million to face Thurman. Yeah. One thing to say about him, he won't put, commit money to a fight that isn't going to make money. So those fights weren't making money. So that business model was always going to fall short at yeah. some point, whereas this is a way around it. Like, I know you messaged me saying it's something that evens out. Is it like five million a show or something? Yeah, five point seven million per show. So he's got average. no, he's got no excuse not to put good fights on. But if the rumor is that he's just signed a hundred million deal with AJ, we don't know how much of that money is going there. We don't know how much of the um, uh, amount a year. So what, one hundred and fifty million a year is going on? Um, AJ, because you could put half of that straight away just for AJ and his uh, opponent. Also, if other fighters get wind of it, they're going to be thinking, well, what is he a hundred times more of a draw than me? Yeah. Is that how it works? It's... And also, they are they all know he's got this big bumper deal now, so they're going yeah. to be saying they want their, obviously, piece of the pie or whatever. They want to be their main, the main man for him. Kind of like with um, like Liverpool when they sold um, Torres. Torres. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, if you've got 50 million, then we want 50 million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, We've said before, haven't we, how the fighters in America should be built better. And if he had, whether you like him or not, you have to admit, if he had Wilder, the Charlos, Errol Spence, they'd be huge I don't stars. know what it's going to mean for his like British-level talent because he's talked down the British title before. And I think you could just start seeing these kind of fighters used as opponents over in America. You can sell them the dream of you're going to fight in America. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's building his own and then he kills two birds with one stone because he gets... People tune in to see the British guy overseas, and people tune in to see the yeah. American face a Brit. Yeah, that's it, that's, and that works as well short term, but long term he. I don't think Eggington's gonna have a fun time. <laughs> no, I can see him not. honestly being sort of like a Charlo defense. Oh Christ, that would not be pleasant. No, or you know, I can see him still still see him making the brook fight there. I yeah, I could see that. He'll actually sell him against Khan. I was going to say, he might even do him against Khan, Khan giving a go at 154. And then, oh, well, he's just beaten Sam Egerton, who's a solid 154 contender, and then going off that. We'll see how it goes. I mean, fair play getting the deal. Um, people still say about he's got all the cash from his dad, but you have to make it work. He hasn't done all this through... He could be lazy, couldn't he, and not, not yeah. do anything with it. He's very good at what he does, you've got to say that. And the, the, but then the deal will only work depending on what fighters he gets, won't it? That's he needs to kick it off. He needs to kick it off well with some big fights to yeah. get because get the hype and momentum behind it. Because I don't know how many subscribers they have at the moment, but he's not gonna. He's either gonna put on a big fight to try and reel in the subscribers, or not put on a big fight until they get the subscribers and do it that way. Yeah. If if um if the world of boxing starts to go in this direction in terms of how that will work, do you think that's a more of a positive thing for the sport in terms of? possibly shining a light on uh, other boxers other than, you know, your headliners like AJ. I mean, we've spoken recently about like this kind of people that go into the AJ fights at the moment. I, I don't think it's ever going to properly work, purely because I think at least half of your boxing audience aren't boxing fans. They're just fans of putting a fight on a Saturday. So if it, when it comes to having to pay for it, it's just a bit too... Oh, I, don't, I can just stick something else on it rather than pay for it. Yeah. 
So it be it depends because if he can get the names and he can sell the names, like over here, like in America, they're laughing that people were paying for Hey Bellu, but over here, I I mean me and Chica, I mean you watch box as well, Alex. Every man is dog who knows that I like boxing was asking who's going to win this one then. And so if you can market it properly, then it goes a long way. But it just depends how the Americans take to him and his products. And we don't know how much they're charging per month. Yeah, true. It's true. Yeah. Like the ESPN one is £5 a month. It's $5 a month. What's and to make it work, it to get a return for your investment on a billion, you're not charging $5 a month unless you're guaranteeing that you're going to have a lot of people signing up. Yeah, I can see it being more on the expensive side in terms of a pay-per-month scheme. I mean, what's... Um... The thing is, it's, if over there in America, they pay between like uh, 50 and 100 for a pay-per-view anyway. So if you could charge $20 a month for boxing fans, then you could probably make it work. But you then also have to guarantee regular solid content on there. Alright, so just me and you now, TK. Uh, the NBA Finals kicked off, yes, the NBA Conference Finals, sorry, kicked off yesterday with uh, the Boston Celtics taking game one against the Cavs. Unexpected. Um, James had one of the worst shooting nights, I think, of his career. I think uh, he was guarded out of the game pretty much, outscored by Kevin Love. Bad night for the Cavs all round. Yeah. Shut down. Yeah, I mean, won't spend. Uh, too long on this one. I mean, we, we, we've been here a long time today. Hmm. Um, in terms of uh, prediction for you, do you see the Celtics seeing it out, or do you think the Cavs get it done? I'll be straight up honest in terms of I think that game one yesterday, the nature of the game, yeah, kind of swayed my opinion a little bit. I think I probably thought Boston would win that first game because you need to win your first game at home, like in Boston situation anyway. I think they're capable of locking in for a game. But I think the way they did it was concerning. The way a game like that usually they run afterwards comes yeah, out firing, and he traditionally does kind of game one does be a bit quiet and then takes off. So you can't read too much into it. I think the last six times he's lost the first game of a series, he's then gone on to win the series. <laughs> I think last time he did that in um, the Pacers. Indiana one, yeah. he then nailed forty points. And yeah, whatever, didn't he? so won't read too much into it. But I think if anyone's any team's capable of playing that sort of defence and a coach capable of creating a system whereby he can shut LeBron down to an extent, it would be Boston. Uh, but I don't see Cavs being that bad again. All right, give I me your prediction. Who in how many games? I'm going to say Celtics with the youth that they've got maybe might run out of steam if the Cavs do take, say, the next one off them, if they took a home game off them. I think the Cavs should get the job done in six, maybe seven. All right, I'm going to surprise you here. Oh, I'm going for the Celtics in six. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it is mental to pick against LeBron. I mean, just especially Boston got a two it's all just, stars up. It's just watching the Celtics team through the playoffs. They look like they just don't know how to lose, and it, and every time they look like they're losing, they find a way to pull it out of the bag. Really, it's um, tough for a young team as well, aren't they? Like you said, they don't really yeah. know how to lose. I mean, the thing is, they thrive off defending, which is probably the best thing you can do. Because if you're going to go out and just try and go point for point with LeBron, then he is going to just make a, make a meal out of you. Mm-hmm. But um, if you look over the past like uh, 
few series. I mean, they had trouble with Indiana and the Celtics have a much better defence than mm. the Pacers do and they kind of got past them eventually. Um, but the main question is whether the Celtics can keep it up offensively. Um, but I think like Horford, Rogier, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart are playing with enough confidence that even with a slightly better Cavs defence, and I think they might eke it out. I think they're going to go through some tough tough stages, but I think ultimately they're going to pull away. And I think it's just going to get take away uh, the series that we all won in the finals and be the kind of fill or boot that's going to take LeBron out of Cleveland. Okay. I think I, I'd normally be buzzing with that, but I, I would be a little bit sad to see LeBron losing the yeah. finals. I will admit that. It's, the home court advantage, I think, is a big thing as well. I do think that's... When I said about Cavs and Six, if this comes down to the last game and it's in Boston, I'd I'd be worried if I was a Cavs fan. I just think that venue, the way they've been playing there, I think they should be concerned. All right, if we get on to uh, the uh, Western Conference Finals, um, so I mean the Rockets have been incredible up to now. We've got we're recording this before Game One tonight. Yep. Um, Chris Paul is finally in the Conference Finals. <laughs> Um, James Harden's likely the league MVP. They actually have a defence. Mm-hmm. And I really want to pick them, but I just can't. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is... I feel like everybody don't talk about the Rockets basically lists all those things and then like, but... <laughs> well, the thing is, like, the Warriors have, like, one of the best teams ever assembled. Yeah. And so, it's hard when they have everyone on the court to pick against them. Well, usually, even if you pick against them, you're saying LeBron's just going to pull something out of the bag. You're not picking with your head and saying... Yeah, even that's blind faith, isn't it? It's no real... It's not a logical argument you're making. You're just going yeah. with blind faith in a great player. It's like, as as much as the Rockets have, then they still have Kevin Durant, healthy Steph Curry. It's up to the Rockets to prove us wrong rather than the other way around. Yeah, and we've said it before, haven't we? But you basically have to have four superstars all having off nights four times the interesting thing is that if previously Warriors if they turn over then they have enough of like a post game to essentially defend enough and bank on you not nailing your points from beyond the arc and Rockets one of the only teams that actually can punish them if they make mistakes so it's not going to be easy but uh, I've said it a couple of times I think it's going to be a hard six I think they'll split the first two games yep. and then I think from there on they're going to nick one but the Warriors are going to take it, I think. The thing with the Warriors is well, in fact, the whole season they've basically almost played in third gear, haven't they? It's kind of, yeah. You can see they've not been playing as hard in the league as they have done previously. I don't know if it's complacency or just the fact that they know they don't have to. It might not actually be a good thing that the Rockets have home advantage. When you look at the way that Paul has never been in a conference finals and Harden, well, it's as horrible as it is to say, has folded under pressure before. Him having to play Game 7 conference finals at home might not be the best thing for him. True. Yeah, they probably maybe further kind of cards be stacked against them. Yeah. But both of, both uh, him I and Chris Paul have had it accused of kind of being bottle jobs. Before. I think they'd probably rather be more underdogs than people saying this is going to be such a good series. Yeah, true. I think probably says a lot about the quality of Golden State that you basically just kind of cast them aside and say they're going to do this anyway. Yeah. 
and then focus on teams like Houston. They're kind of like new money, if you like, and we kind of think, oh, these are incredible, just because we're looking for something yeah. different to kind of. Well, when you don't give LeBron MVP. Yeah, essentially, isn't it? It's basically all right. We know what he's done. Like earlier in the podcast, new. we were hesitant to give Pet Manager of the Year because you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. If you don't want to give the manager who got a hundred points and yeah. smash the league by a mile, when he should. But the thing is, for else. the Rockets as well, if they go cold from a three-point range, it can get messy quickly. This is the thing. If isn't you're having it? an off night against a team that can nail in three pointers, like the Rocket, uh, like the Warriors, then it can get very uncomfortable very I, quick. And I could see at some point a game happening where things do get messy. They get blown out. You don't want to chase them either, do you, the Warriors? No. And mentally, I I would be concerned about where the Rockets are at if they do get blown out in a game. The difference to the Celtics in that regard, I would think the Celtics can stand up to something, turn it back to the next game. I'm not sure the Rockets can. Have you got it in you to stay up for the games? I ain't staying up for tonight's one. That's at 2 o'clock. Oh, yeah, no, nor so, am I, but I think I might later in the series. At some point, I, I may well. Probably that may also depend on what type of series we get. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't end up like a blowout, then maybe not so much. Are you going to put yourself through finals week? I'll put myself through finals week, yeah. 100%. Agreed. I don't have to worry about the NHL anymore. The Capitals finally got rid of the pens, so... How are my Las Vegas Golden Knights doing? Well. We'll get behind them. Yep. Them and Peru. <laughs> but, um... Oh, did you give me a prediction? Um, I'm going to say Warriors in six. Okay. Maybe five, but I'll say six. Out of respect. All right. Well, um, thank you again for listening to another long episode of the Spitballing Pod. As always, if you could check us out at www.spitballingpod.com. Throughout the week, um, I think every day for the next fortnight, we also have a mini 15-minute episode on a World Cup team every single day. And uh, we'll keep those going until the World Cup begins. But yeah, leave us a review and like a post to reshare on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. And we'll be back. Thank you.